Whilst this week's Devil in Detail podcast, I'm Rob Parkinson, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. I want to start with an apology. I went on my family holiday last week and missed the biggest news week of the season, but luckily we had Paul Parkin on hand to pick up all the big news stories. Parker, what an exciting week last week was. Yeah, big week. Plenty on, on and off the field, I suppose, after the, uh, following the, the Huddersfield game, which was dramatic, let's say that. And, and then from then on, the week seemed to just keep picking up. Plenty of news and, and events coming out. And yeah, and obviously the big meeting Tuesday night, which was I know we can talk about, and it was good. That's all I'm going to say at the moment. It was really good. But uh, yeah, a, a really full week last week. Seems to... Uh, Seems to catch us all a little bit by surprise. I mean, the last time you two could ever go on holiday, um, obviously not together. I'm not. I'm not suggesting. Mm. Just, just both vanished at the same time. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, no. It was. Uh, it was. It was just, just unfortunate. It happened last week. Yep. Paul Whiteside was sick of keeping Britain warm, so he decided to try and make Spain warm for a week. Paul, how did that go? Well, it was rain. Oh. <laughs> the, the lady said to the other, she says. It only rains here uh, about one day a year. So it wasn't too bad. We arrived Saturday night and it was late on, so we just had a bite to eat and went to bed. Sunday was a bit cloudy, so we went for a walk. Monday, it chucked it down for about 14 hours. All the car park was flooded. We were just playing pontoon in the hotel and my dad, luckily, had bought a word. My mum had got him a word search book, a rugby league word search book. So we were doing that and, the, you know, all the teams with all the names of the players. And so we just sat in, the, sat in the lobby doing that all day and it was, yeah, it was good. Kids. Um, kids were playing cards for money and that so our Ellie knows how to play uh, Uno and Pontoon and God knows what now she might us to do that so uh, playing for two peas and what have you but no the holiday was good though it, after that it was lovely then for the rest of the week because the hotel was really quiet until Friday when all Spanish turned up so it was was manic then but for sort of three days we had we had a really good time and that's yeah enjoyed it Rob I enjoyed it it was nice to go away but just a bit gutted to miss the Huddersfield game but we was driving to our hotel on the coach and Helen said to me don't use your phone because it'll cost loads of money don't go on that date to Rome and so I had my phone on airplane mode but Aloise just sat next to me on the bus I said oh have you got your phone on she went yeah I said well can I have a look on Twitter she went all right, then. so she had Twitter on for me. She was updating for me every five minutes, and I could see what was going on. And we were all in the back seat of this coach. It was me, and my dad, and my sister. We were all like crowded around the phone. <laughs> anyway, we was in the queue at the hotel, and my dad was laughing his away, saying, "Oh, great! They thought he had points up now." And we were just checking in. I said to me, "I said he's forty-two, forty now. He had kittens in the queue. Like, what was going on?" So he's looking at the phone then, and then obviously the the whistle went. But it's it's weird because you're not there. You, you're at, it's out of your control. You can't see what's going on. Just like, oh, so anyway, it was all as well that ends well. Yeah, I went to Skegness for a week, Paul. It was glorious wall-to-wall sunshine. Still doing me, doing me diet. Uh, Fry-ups in the morning, roast dinners in the evening without the carbs. So only managed to put on four pound in a week, eating like king, eating like a king throughout parking. So yeah, had quite an enjoyable a week. Yeah, yeah. well... Sounds like Skegness rather than Spain, isn't it? Yeah. For, for the weather these days. See, it's nice to have a break, but... I, I hate that feeling of missing games. I hate it. I, I, I can't concentrate. I can't enjoy my holiday. Yeah. I, the last time I think it did it, I think we were in, I think we were in the Caribbean, and I should have been thinking about a million other things. And we were playing somebody in a playoff, a mid-late game. I think it might be London or something at home. I think it was a dreadful game or something. I, I think we might have got beat. I can't remember. But uh, ru- just ruined my whole day. Mm. Even though I was sat there in 30-odd degrees heat on a, on a beach in the Caribbean. One thing that was taking my mind was, was Salford. It's horrible. I just yeah. I hate going away during the season. I hate missing games. But yeah, you've got to have a holiday, though. You've got to get a break. Get That's some it. Uh, 
get some vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Like Chris Bates, ladies head coach, says we're all volunteers, right? So that's what happens. You obviously, your family orders and that come first. A couple of Reds I met as well in Skedness, Sheila and Dave. I think it was one of them where they, had a double, they looked at me like a double take of the... I know you, so uh, that was a strange, that was a strange moment. But yeah, it was a good, uh, good week. Enjoyed Butlins, lots of uh, entertainment on, good stuff with the family, and uh, recharged, ready to talk all things over at Devils now. So we'll start with a victory against Hull uh, this weekend. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So what a win for Salford Red Devils. Another nervy effort, uh, Parker, but we got over the line. Yeah, it was. I think it was nervy because we made it nervy. Mm. I think we were on our own worst enemies at times. We could have controlled the game a lot better. It's not the way we play. We know that. We know what we do and what we're about. But there were just a few occasions where we were sloppy or a little bit, you know, we, we definitely overplayed when we didn't need to. But overall, I felt confident throughout the game. I, I thought we just had more than them. I don't know what it was. I don't know why. You know, I mean, you look at the two teams on paper, you know, they're the ones with probably the, the bigger name players, if you like, maybe, or, you know, the, the full salary cap spend and all that kind of stuff. But no, I, th- I thought we, we, we did we did a job in the end. It was professional. You know, we stuck at it. And I think these games are the ones that will put us in good stead if we do make the, the, that top six, which, you know, hopefully we will at the end of the year, because there are no easy games in a playoff and you need to know how to win, just just how to get over the line. The Huddersfield game the week before, I know it was, you know, from a defensive point of view, it was an absolute nightmare, but it, we still had enough to win the game and that's that's what we need and it's getting that inside, getting that mentality and that know-how how to win a game and against, you know, all FC, who many would have said at the start of the year would probably be a top six team. Um, it, it's another it's another notch on you know for us I think I think we were pretty good throughout and it was a good game it was it was entertaining I'll say that I mean not not every game I've seen this year has been like that but both teams scored some decent tries a lot of ball movement people are a much different team to the one we played early in the season up at the KCOM you know I mean that day uh, at their place I, I, they were a shell of a team they didn't look like they they were interested. Obviously, they just went on a little bit of a run recently. Three, four wins on a bounce. And turn up by our place, buzzing with a you know, decent following behind them as well. Full credit to, to the old fans for, for coming down the other day. It's the best support we've had this year at our place. But yeah, no, I thought, I thought we just did a professional job and, and, and just, just about deserved to win the game. Yeah, it's all about muscle memory for me. Paul, you go into these games and winning them. And remember winning them next time it comes round to another game like that. And I thought we used all the experience that we've gained over the last couple of seasons in this game to get the result. Yeah, it wasn't vintage uh, Rowley Ball. But like Parky said, a win is a win is a win. And it keeps us going forward to the, to that playoff spot. Yeah, I think this group of players now expect to win these sort of games. I mean, if you go back sort of a decade or so ago, we was always sort of chasing the coattails of like Huddersfield and all and OKR. But I think now we we seem to be moving ahead of these teams now, and and that's that's the impression I got at the week. And I thought we were we always had them at arm's length, really. And I think we we were like you said, you nailed it. You stole me thunder, really. I was going to say that about us. When we got eight points in front of 18-10, I think we overplayed it a couple of times and, and, and allowed them back into the game, really, where they were never really in it in that second half. We always had them at arm's length. and um, yeah, that's, But that's one thing that we probably don't want to get rid of from our game because that's the way we play. 
So, you know, you don't want to say to players, well, don't play that way because that's the Paul Rowley way. That's the philosophy of this team. So um, that's what's getting you success. So you want to keep doing it. But I was particularly pleased with um, with Mark Sneed. I thought Mark Sneed was, was great, particularly that last 20 minutes of the game where he absolutely managed it. I know he got simping with six seconds to go, which seems a bit strange for the referee, but... But no, I thought he really, really managed it well there for us. And big shout-outs to Ben Elliwell as well. I thought he was fantastic. He really gave us a bit of zip when he came on. And, uh, and Adam Sidlow coming back as well. So I think everybody was on the pitch did a, did a job for us. And it was a boost having Ken Seo and Tim Lafayette coming back. But full credit to the, the players that are in the squad. You know, players that perhaps fringe players like Sir Helliwell and Sidlow doing the job. And, and, and it's, it's, it's tough now to get back into the team. Yeah. Obviously, that's a quick look. At the, the scenario of the game, Hull opened the scoring, try from Jake Clifford. 80-metre effort went from uh, right to left. There was talk about a foul pass in the in the build-up parker. A lot of talk on Twitter these days about the momentum rule. What, what did you make of it? Did you think it was forward? No. Sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't in them situations. For me, I know it's against us, and possibly it was, but in the same point, I don't want to see decent rugby stops for... Mm. A couple of inches of, of a, you know, the ball moving forward. If if his hands are going one way, if his body's going the other, whatever. It was a it was a great try from all to be fair. And I'm not going to begrudge him that. I'm not going to take it off him. I still wasn't convinced about the grounding. That was the main thing for me. Right. Um, when he went over in the corner, but it, it was a decent try. They caught us out. You know, we don't we don't often get caught out like that. So uh, you know, full full credit to him. They obviously done a little bit of homework. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. And it wasn't blatant. You know, and it was it wasn't a forward pass on purpose or anything like that. It, 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 the speed that Swift's moving at to the player inside, I, I, I've got no no real problem with it. It may have gone a touch forward, but I dare say we'll get away with one or two this year at some point. So we just got to live with that, and uh, you know, give give the opposition a bit of credit for that one. Yeah, I thought it was a perfect example of momentum. Uh, pass because Swift kind of kept running as he passed it yeah. so there has been a lot of talk on Twitter about forward passes and this moment of rule and I thought that was probably a perfect example of it like you said good try opened us up woke us up Salford hit back try from Tyler Dupree Paul good feet bursts the line crashes over by the posts and uh, gives gives the old uh, what's this all about uh, hand show to the south stand yeah you know for a big man he's, he, he's got that he's got a real good pair of feet on him you know he's like an heavyweight sort of twinkle toe boxer the way he sort of steps round and I thought he did really well there and I was reading a lot of the stuff while I was on holiday about you know his, his transfer request and things like that but you what, what you've got with situations like that is you don't want a full story from either side so when Paul Rowley picked him he's put faith in him uh, Paul will see what he does on the training ground and you know I had no no gripes against him at all you know let him do the business so what happens in the future happens but I thought he played really well in that game and um, you know credit credit to him good try that and it's what we needed there you know going six to the down just going back to that the forward pass thing I thought it was a good try that from all mm. I think with, with Twitter and this now this trial by Twitter you could have every try this allowed people moan about everything now don't they but I thought it was a a good try. You can't go through every game with a fine tooth comb, and you'd be there all week, wouldn't you? Take you a week to referee a game, but um, but no, good try from Dupree, and, and just what we need at the time after going behind. Yeah, Hull took the lead again. Try from Jake Truman, dummy slice through uh, to make it ten points to six. Hull, but then Dolford hit back. Parker try from Dion Cross, kicked by Brody Croft, and uh, Dion Cross was there to ground the ball, and Dolford led twelve ten. 
Yeah, it's uh, again clever from from Broda. He, he, how many times has he done that with a little kicks? He just sees that that gap. Think you know, thinks so quickly, and he's he's, he's short kicking game superb. And you know, full credit for for Dion for following up. But again, he noticed their line had come out, and the space was in behind. And it's easier to kick that ball too hard or not hard enough to get it to the wrong position. Uh, he got it pinpoint, uh, and you know, I dare say we're discussing a bit a bit of our kicking, but. Um, yeah, a, a great try and a, a decent time, I think. Switch the momentum. If Holder scored again at that point, we, we could have been in a bit of trouble chasing the game. And once we start chasing the game, the way we play, it, it can open us up. So, um, yeah, it just shows the, the, the brains. I mean, Brody's not been, uh, we were discussing off air, weren't we, about him? He, he's not been the Brody Croft of last year, but the game's changed. People will watch him a lot closer and, and perhaps, you know, we're, we're not playing that same open, flowing rugby we were last year. It makes it a little bit more difficult for him. But he still does things, special little things, even at Saints the other week. And, you know, he's still got that. There's something in his game that's going to open you up. And it only takes one bit of magic each week from him to, to win you a game. You know, and again, that that's it. He's just, I mean, some of his passes on, on Sunday were brilliant as well. His long passing, you know, his loop passing to, to Kenny Teo. So, yeah, no, a, a well-worked try. Yeah, Salford found a bit of form then. We had a, a Briley disallowed try where he, I think it was double movement in the corner. Referee called it off. And then just before half time, Frock direct from a scrum. Mark Sneed realised there was no fullback at home, booted the ball up the field. Brian Briley got on his bike, chased the ball, grounded it. Score for Salford, 18 10, Paul. Yeah, it was a good tackle from Burgess that as well, leading up to that. It was Hoy who broke through uh, down the right edge for, for Hull. Burgess with a cracking cover tackle on him. And yeah, I don't think Hoy was uh, in position for that for that scrum. I'm sure he was at the scrum. And I, I remember thinking, they're going to they're gonna kick it, and you could see it. And uh, my dad looked at me and he went, Oh, it's a Kenny Gill special, like for Richards or Field. And, and the pair of them were there as well. Briley and Burgess were both there. They both, they, I mean, they both won that race there. And fair credit to Briley, he showed an awful lot of pace. But great vision that from from Snead to, to spot that and um, special. They're the tries that you you pay your money to go and see, aren't they? I mean, we we go back to the days that, that we first started watching. So we go back to the eighties and that, and some of the moves that we used to put on back then and stuff from set scrums. Try, I think you can't beat a try from a set scrum and a, and a move like that. It's, that's that's quality because you've got to have the ambition and the sort of bravery to do. It. It's the first tackle you cut that up and you give the ball away, haven't you? So yeah, it was a, it was a good try that, and it sort of um, sent us in at half time. I think um, with our tails up. Yeah, and it's a kind of thing, Parky, that playoff teams do for me. They'll score and then they'll score again, and which which puts us in the commander league going in at time. Yeah, I think I don't. I, I obviously haven't got any evidence of this, but I think the the coaching staff might need a bit of credit for that because I'd noticed uh, in previous games and I'd seen Hull that Tex Hoy, the fullback, he stays in the line at the scrum. They don't drop the fullback back. I don't know why they do that. Hull. I don't know what they're thinking. Whether they just think an extra defensive man in the line's a decent thing. If you put a move on from the scrub, mm. i.e. with ball in hand, because everyone does these days. But we've obviously seen that. And if, if if the coaching staff haven't picked out during the week in a video session and Max needs just spotted it himself, then that's genius. Mm. You know, that is absolutely brilliant. And the thing was, I, I know it can go wrong, but with that kick, he pinned it that far down the pitch, even if their player had got to it, we had him trapped on their try line. And again, all right, it might be first tackle, but they're in their half, they're not in ours. So 
brilliant bit of play. I mean, it was it was one of them things that just puts a smile on your face when you say it. That's that's brilliant. That's something different. I mean, people say there's too many tries from kicks. I think I think ones like that'll do. That, that was uh, that was an excellent piece of play from from everyone from the you know the guys being switched on enough to chase the ball. Obviously, Mark's need and his kicking game. He, he, you know what you're going to get. If you need it, put it somewhere, he'll put it there. Yeah. So we were in half time, 18 10 up. Hull came out second half, scored first. Uh, I think it was McInish mm. Mac- uh, in the corner. Long ball cut out Solver's defence, went over in the corner. 18 uh, 16, Paul. Daniel McIntosh scored, That's it, the one. I think, didn't he? Um, it was, yeah, it, it was a good kickoff from, from Hoy. I mean, how many of them kicks did he do? I mean, my dad kept remarking on that. He, he'd put them up and he'd, he'd sort of leave them up so they were hanging, they were swirling round in the wind and it caught Joe Burgess out that. I think he knocked it on and um, and from that they, they moved attack. It was a lovely ball, that wide to McIntosh and a, and a good finish. He's a decent winger in. But yeah, that was a poor start for us, that. But then obviously we bounced back with a with lovely link-up play from Sneed and, and Stone, which uh, which got us back in front again. So, so yeah, give us an eight-point lead once again. Yeah, lovely work by Stone and Croft and, uh, like you said, Mark Sneed, Parker. Uh, not just kicking goals, knowing where the line is too. Uh, puts us uh, back in front at 24-16. Yeah, well, back-to-back. Yeah, yeah. Right against Hull for, for Sneed. You know, he's scored at their gap and he's scored at ours. Um, so that'll, that'll please him against his, his former club. Um, yeah, I mean, Stone there was, was brilliant. His ball handling was was. I mean, he's getting better and better for me. Uh, I thought he had a slow start to the season, but he certainly picked up. And him and Shane Wright, who obviously, sadly, we've lost for the year now, but them two are forming some some partnership in the back row there when they were on together. Um, really smart players, nowhere to be. Uh, and he's got, you know, he's got a turn of pace as well, I noticed. But yeah, it was a, that was a great, great work try. Super. I mean, no, no, no team in the world stopping that. I've watched the origin this morning, you know, the Maroons would have struggled with that one. That was um, that was brilliant play. And again, it's that it's that seem to know each other and know what the, the other player is going to do. Obviously, they probably worked on it. I, I, we don't know. It might be off the cuff, but you know, Stone gets the ball straight away. He knows that Sneed's going to be there, or somebody is. Usually, Braley on you know in that position. And and uh, Sneedy knew that he was going to get the, the ball out. So just just great play all round. And again. Very important we scored at that point because at half time we come out half time and my brother turns to me and I knew what he was going to say uh, and we say it every week we've got to score first and we never do in the second half we make a mistake and, you know it was from the kick off that there try straight away and we just went hey, how many times I mean them kick offs were evil absolutely evil I, I, I wouldn't fancy getting under one of them but um, no it was again another brilliant smart bit of play and it, and that then turned the game for us. Yeah, Hull uh, wasn't giving up though. Try from uh, Josh Griffin. Um, little kick through. No, sorry, uh, left to right move. Just found a gap, crashed over uh, to make it twenty-two twenty-four. And then, obviously, magic moment from Brody Croft. Found Ken Seo in the corner, and we led twenty-eight twenty-two. Paul. Yeah, but like you said before, that Josh Griffin. That was twice. I mean, the first half with an eight-point lead, mm. then we we. We we overplayed it and let them back in, and then again second half 
overplayed it, eight point lead, twenty four sixteen. We we coughed up, and that was a soft try to concede for Josh Griffin. So yeah, we we got away with it on on Sunday, but against better sides, against the likes of St. Helens and that, you won't get away with it. And we didn't at their place, did we? You let them in and give them half an inch, and they're back in, aren't they? So that's something we need to tidy up, really. But yeah, like you said, the uh, the pass from from Croft to CO, and it was a great pass. But he had to finish it, and and that was a great finish because you look at the pass and think, oh, he's put him in there. But he hasn't. He's got all the work to do there to get over. And you give CO half a half a yard, and he'll finish. As soon as he got that ball, you knew where he was going to end up. There's, for me, there's not many better finishers in Super League than him. Mm-hmm. Great try that, and um, that just sort of gave us an eight point lead again, didn't it? And an eight point lead that luckily this time we hung on to. Yeah, Hull uh, kicked off penalty us not going ten yards. Max Need tried to kick a penalty but missed. Uh, but then a couple of minutes later, dropped a goal. Parker, like we said, Max Need just manages the game out when it matters. Yeah, well, the, 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 when he missed that kick, it was more about, you know, just for, make sure it goes dead. That, mm. that was one thing. But you're burning down a couple of seconds on the clock, you know, another minute's gone. Uh, and then it, again, you know, we get another shot. You try it again. That, you're right. I mean, that's, and then the, the last one when we put it in touch. You know, kicked on. We knew then that the game was to just burn the clock down, get the ball out of play, take your six tackles, whatever it is, get yourself in position if you can. If not, just, you know, get the ball back out of play. And it's really smart play. Um, Hull had to go for it. And their kickoffs, like I mentioned before, were, were brilliant. It could have easily come off them. But it, the wind as well, it was a little bit windy out on the pitch. You didn't really feel it in the stand, but it was like, didn't feel anything in the, in the West End. It was freezing for some reason. <laughs> Rest of the ground was blazing, um, but yeah, it was um, it, it was it's just a bit of smart play again. Like you say, Mark's needing that last fifteen minutes. Just showing why why we've got him. What what a clever player he is. All that experience, just knowing it, how to slow the game down to our our needs really. And uh, yeah, uh, it was just a case of just hit that ball out of play, just get it out. Yeah, so Hull uh, at the death. Paul came hunting, missed a penalty, uh, which would have made it a bit uh, nerve-jangling. And uh, Salford saw the game out. Yeah, well, you can see what they were trying to do. There are a few people around me said, what's he doing? Why is he kicking for a goal? But there were seven points behind. You could see his thinking behind it was to to kick the goal and then get the ball back for one last hour to try and win the game. So I did did get that. I think it's probably the best option, really. But, you know, in that sort sort of situation, he was rushing. And then he ends up missing the kick. So uh, so I think they just ran out of time there. But yeah, the, the best side won on the day. I thought Salford were the better team. And it was a test because when you look at that whole team, they're a totally different side from the side we played at the KCOM. I think it all stemmed for the halfbacks. They had no organisation whatsoever. Now they've got Clifford and, and, and Jake Truman at halfback, who are two quality players. And, uh, and Hoy's linking up as well. They're a dangerous team and they've won four on the bounce before before Sunday. So, um, you know, they're, they're an improving side. And for us to, to beat them, the Oh, that's a comfort because it was only seven points, wasn't it? But I think we were, we were we were better than they were. I thought I thought we were we were a lot better than they were, and it was a pleasing result because they're probably going to be a side that's going to be in around that top six, aren't they? So uh, you know, if you can keep them sides at bay, then you're going to go well. Yep, we spoke to Sam Stone, Adam Sidlow, Paul Rowler, and Chris Atkin after the, after the game, and that is what they had to say. So I'm joined by uh, Chris Atkin. Good win today, that. Yeah, very good. Uh, obviously, really good conditions for rugby, and uh, yeah, there's, there's a few things we want to fix up, but um, all good day overall. Yeah, obviously, you know, a great one. What was it like on the field? Obviously, exciting tries. 
yeah, definitely. Uh, I think a, a good one for the fans again today. Plenty of tries. Um, and like I just said, uh, a few things we can fix up. I think a few, couple of soft tries that we'll be disappointed with when we look back on. Um, but again, we're, we're moving forward and we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, come from behind twice, short of character this team. Yeah, definitely. We, we spoke about that over the last few weeks. Obviously, we were disappointed with the result at St. Helens, and that's something we've tried to you know really focus on, staying close as a group and, and fighting through them tough times because you can go behind. Things aren't always going to go your way. How far can this team go, Chris? Who knows? We'll see. We're just ticking week after week and uh, building towards the, the back end of that season and looking forward to the next round of the Challenge Cup as well. Yeah, Magic Weekend next week. Look forward to that. Yeah, big one. Always a, a big occasion and hopefully it'll be you know, a really good turnout with the fans and I think all the all the lads across the teams will be really looking forward to it. Brilliant. Cheers, Chris, and good luck. Cheers, thank you. Super. Yeah, thanks. Right, I'd like to say Adam Sidlow joins me. I don't think I've spoke to you for a while since the last no, time no. he was at Salford, so it's been a long time, but back in the side today, how are you feeling now? Was you out for a while? With, you were out for a while with injury, but... Yeah, I was out on a calf, um, did it bad for me, it's in the ponyrosis, so it's not the actual body of the muscle, so it's like um, the tendon, so it took a bit longer. Um, I got on top of it, I've got some new orthotics, um, Sarah, the physio here has really, really helped me and I uh, feel really good at the minute. Tough game out there today, wasn't it? A big, big win for Salford, though, wasn't it? You're keeping up there in the table, that's another big two point. Yeah, we, we keep doing it hard here at home. I don't know what it is at home. We can't just uh, blow anyone away, but uh, we played play them away, and I think, I think they thought the orders won, so they come, they come all guns blazing, and uh, I think I think we took it to them, and it was a bit of a war of attrition, like uh, Rose likes to say. So, yeah, it's good to get a tough tough win but uh, on to the next one on KR exciting time to be a solver player you've got the magic weekend next week which is always a good event and you've got the whole KR and the, the cup quarterfinals as well it's been a long time since Salford won some silverware but you certainly are in the mix this season it seems wide open the Super League yeah I think we've been doing it tough as well um, we seem to be we seem to be like one person every week getting injured and um, I think again Andy Akers has got knocked out this week so he, I don't think he'll be playing next week which is tough for us but uh, we've got Amir Burra, who's he's, he's, he's raring to go. So, yeah, looking forward to it. And it's a good time to be a Salford player, like I say. Sure, yes. Thank you very much for speaking to us, Adam, and uh, all the best next week in Newcastle. No so I'm joined by uh, Sam Stone. Good win today. Yeah, it was a bit scrappy in the second half there, but uh, we got there in the end. And, you know, we're winning a bit scrappy at the moment, but gets our two points. Yeah, obviously, you know, real sort of nip and tuck, both sides going at it. Came from behind twice. Shows the character this team's got. Yeah, yeah, we've definitely got some character. It was a pretty attacking game, free-flowing, and, you know, that's the style of footy we play. We've just got to be a bit more resilient when we make some errors. Yeah, metric weekend next week. Excited about that? Yeah, of course. It's a it's a great weekend to play. We're first game up, too, so we'll try and, uh, you know, really set the bar high there first game. Yeah, um, obviously, win today. How far can this team go? Oh, mate, let's just focus on getting ourselves in the six at the end of the year and then see if we can knock a few big dogs off from there. Brilliant. Cheers, Sam. Thanks. Well done today. Coach's corner. Paul Ollie joins me, delighted to say. Um, another another solid win, Paul. You know, um, yeah. I guess an ever improving Hull FC side. What did you make of it? Um, yeah, it was a, it was a solid win. Yeah, it's probably a good uh, good example, uh, good reference. And I think it was a good win. I thought it was a good game, to be honest. I thought both sides scored some really well worked, highly skilled tries. And uh, yeah, it was a, it was a good it was a good game. If I'm being honest, so uh, you know it probably could have snatched it as well. It was is what is what sports all about unpredictability. You know you don't know the outcome to the death. Uh, I thought we had a, a guy in Sneedy there who had some game sense and probably just 
uh, was the difference in the end between the two. Just a bit of a cool head, wasn't he? His goal kicking, very reliable. So uh, it was a good game against a very good side, very strong side. Uh, like I said, resurgent whole side. So uh, yeah, we, we we enjoyed it. You won five from six now. Form's looking good. Mm. You look at the table and results this weekend. The Super League, I mean, it seems wide open. It must be a really exciting time to be a coach. And when you're winning matches like, you know, tight games like that, it just keeps you up there amongst the, the top sides. Yeah, and, and and like I said, we, we've beat, we've done the double on all now, so a big club. Uh, very well spent. But look at the team on paper there, so to 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 do that is, is a significant achievement. Uh, and, and if you look at our boys, we're not exactly doing backflips across the pitch like we've just won the Challenge Cup. So... Uh, we're pretty cool about it. We, we understand where we're at and, and we have a lot of belief in the camp. So um, that's a, I felt that was actually a huge win in, in, con, in the context of everything. Uh, but, you know, the, like I said before, the lads have kept a real cool head. I thought there was really good cool head in the game, but cool head overall as well. We, you know, we, we don't, I've said to you before, we don't get too high, don't get too low. And we expect, we have our expectations within our, our group. So uh, it was nice to be able to put out a really, what I felt was a really strong 17 on paper. Uh, we, we've come through unscathed, obviously, apart from Andy Akers, who's um, got a knock to the head there. Did so he we, fail that? Yeah, yeah, he failed straight away because right. there's certain cues to medical staff. He didn't even, you don't even need to do an head test when there's right. certain cues there, so he's, he's gone straight away. So that's two in succession, so he's, he's, he's probably, he's, he's a specialist re- return now, so uh, that'll be a longer period of time, so probably three, four weeks, something like that. You talk about some of the big guns coming back. Two players that probably not played a lot of this season. I was really impressed with them today, Adam Sidlow, and I thought Ben Elliwell mm. Elliwell when he came off the bench. I thought he was excellent. He was really sharp as well. So those two lads have, have stood up in the in shone for you. Yeah, really pleased. Uh, I'll start with Ben. I thought, yeah, Ben is what he is, right? And I'll never forget his contribution at Toulouse away in in, in unbelievable heat. And he played massive minutes in the middle at a new club coming out of championship so he's, he's got a heart uh, as Ben uh, and, and probably typifies our club uh, typifies our team and, and, and typifies our fans uh, there's a lot of heart and, and Ben and Ben is that, that guy so uh, we're really pleased for him that he, he got some good touches and, and made a significant difference I thought today Ben, ben Elliwell did so delight for him and then Adam Sidlow well we, we know about his ability we know that again he's another player with game sense with in a game in Super League at the minute where there's probably a lack of uh, middles certainly English middles uh, the experienced ones are, are really leading the way you know, I've seen it at other clubs and, and like I said uh, the more Adam Sidlow's on the pitch for us uh, obviously has a good run now um, you can see he's di- you know he makes a significant difference and if you look back to the Wakefield game we, we could scrape through that game but I thought he played a, a massive role in that as well so game sense um, and rugby players they're a bit of a rare commodity now because you know we, we breed these uh, these manufactured players, not the ones that not the ones that uh, grow up playing on the street. You know, and, and 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 Ziggy's clearly one of them that grew up playing on the street, and he knows where it's going to bounce. He knows how to slow it down, speed it up, avoid challenges, all that sort of stuff. Um, the stuff that really you, you don't coach, it's, uh, it's it's in him because that's what he grew up doing. I think with Ben as well, as useful player to have. He was just telling me he was an electrician as well. Uh, so if you had him doing any foreigners <laughs> round your house and that. Yeah. No, not yet, but uh, I might do actually. So, uh, But, you know, Ben, it's, it's just like Ben as well. He started off, uh, 
I think he was a, a standoff or a centre, you know, back in the day, as early in his career. And I, I do like my, my players, especially my forwards, who's transition. Same with Cal. Cal's gone from centre to back row because uh, what it provides you with is middles that have got leg speed, game yep. sense, skill. Uh, and, and you know how I like to play. I like, I like, I like to sign rugby players, uh, not so much the robots. I like rugby players. Exciting few weeks, Paul. You've got a magic weekend at Newcastle and a cup quarter final against Old Kingston Rollers mm. as well. You must be loving it. Uh, yeah, exciting for you. I don't get too excited. <laughs> My missus tells me off for that, so I just, I just, I just try and keep a uh, level head all the time. So I might call it miserable, I think, but uh, that's what it, that's what it is. That's what it is. That works for me. So I just keep a level head there. But uh, it's a tough three weeks and all that. So it just means we have to, uh, you know, come in tomorrow first and foremost. No day off. Uh, let's just get straight back, assess, and and, uh, and and prepare for the next one. That's sport, isn't it? And uh, you know. You, you, you smile and, you, and, you, and you're great for uh, an hour or so and enjoy that moment and then uh, you move on to the next and, uh, and luckily I've got a good group of players and, and staff that have their feet firmly on the ground and, uh, and just have a good work ethic and just want to keep getting better and better and they believe they can. Keep up the great work, Paul. Thanks, Thanks very much for taking time out to speak to us, mate. Always. Cheers. Thanks. So, Paul, all happy with the result. Uh, what was your thoughts on what Paul ran FC? Yeah, he was all right. Yeah, we had to hang about for him for a long time. Because <laughs> Jim kept saying, we're going home, starving. But what, I don't know what time he's quite at that press conference. But no, he, he's good enough to have a chat with us and that. And I think he was was pleased with the result. And um, yeah, I think he's excited about what's to come. I think mm. he sort of had a laugh at me saying, you're more excited than I am because I'm a supporter and I've got to keep my feet on the ground. But there's some big games coming up now. You know, you've got the magic weekend. I mean, I am looking forward to this weekend because it's not a cup final, but it feels a bit like that because you go and play on a big stage in front of the whole of the rugby league community, if you like, a big football ground in front of a big crowd. You get to showcase your skills and we've got the cast game and then a massive, massive cup quarter final. So it's really exciting time to be a supporter, a player, a coach and be involved with the club. So I think he tries to keep keep it in check, does Paul Rowley, but I think secretly you can always see that glint in his eye, can't you, that he's doing well and... I didn't dare ask him about the Tyler Dupree situation, but I believe somebody did in the press conference. And from what I heard, he gave a cracking answer. And, and the answer I thought he'd give, because when you think of Paul, he, he has an us and them mentality, I think, sometimes. And like a sort of a siege mentality. And it's a perfect fit. It's a perfect fit for us as, as supporters as well. I think he is, he's got the same mentality as what we've got. So, yeah, I love John, John to Paul and, and Kurt. I know you spoke to Kurt as well. They, they're, they're, they're a good team, aren't they? So, yeah, really, really pleased for him. Yeah, I asked Kurt Agatha about what what the the week uh, previous to the game and how, how everyone's going on, and he was like, "Yeah, we just we, we've we've dealt with it and we've moved on," which is, you know, what top coaches do, don't they, Parker? They keep the, the the ship as steady as you can. Yeah, there's no point getting carried away with ourselves. We've won nothing yet. We've not done anything yet. We're not confirmed the top six team. You know, could all go badly wrong. You know, mm-hmm. what then? You look, you're just going to look stupid celebrating halfway through a season. Oh, look at that! We've just beat all. You know, it's. It's another game ticked off, you know, another marker for us. And that's that's all it is at this stage. Uh, I agree with Paul. That this, I think this weekend's could be could be massive. I mean, if we could beat them, I mean, Rovers are a bit of a, I know we'll talk about it in a bit, but they're a bit of a bogey team. I think it does send out a message. The strange thing is people are talking about Lee, and rightly so. You know, they're having a great season for a, a promoted team. People are talking about whole KR being up there. People are still not, when they start going on about the top six at the end of the year, they're not mentioning us. Mm. And yet, what, how, how well do we have to do? You know, we've had one blip at Saints recently and that is it. We've been, we've been brilliant. We win virtually every week. 
it's, it's just crazy that we don't get mentioned. And Paul Rowley, I think, I think Paul's right with that. And I think he sees that and thinks, right, all right, you lot. That's the way you want it. You know, I, I, we're happy to have our backs against the wall. We'll, you know, we'll take that and just just keep us out of the press then if that's what you want to do. But yeah, I mean, we've got, obviously, we've got a good, a good set up. They've all seemed to have a really good relationship. I was listening to Inu last week, obviously, talking about working under uh, Haggy and, and Rolls and, and what they're like. And yeah, I mean, he came across like, you know, and this is a man with a wealth of experience already under God knows how many coaches. Played in four or five grand finals here and in, in Australia. The way he was talking about the coaching staff was, was fantastic. So it's interesting to listen to Rolls. I think he's one of them guys you could probably listen to all day. As I've said before, he's, his love of rugby league, just the game itself, the way he talks about it, he seemed to get a bit dewy-eyed at times when he talks about it and he wants it to be Paul mentioned before about, you know, watching moves and we used to have in the 80s. And, and Paul Rowley loves that. He loved that era. He loved that, that style of rugby, that open British play it was. It wasn't like the Aussie game. You know, when you had the Andy Gregory's of this world, Sean Edwards, people that were in about, you know, just proper skillful players. And I, I think I think we're so lucky to have him. And, and he'll, he'll keep the players firmly rooted to the ground and won't let any of them get carried away with themselves. Yeah. Uh, and the way, the way he's handled the Dupree situation has just been... Absolutely, first class. It's as if nothing's happened. He says he don't. I think he said it to you, Paul. Maybe in in this interview that he said he wants rugby players, not robots. And that's what the, that's what this this team is. They're all rugby players who who can think and not just stick into a process. And that is why we are where we are. And that is why how they've all worked because they see what they see and they play what they see. Which is you know credit to them, credit to Paul Rowley and the coaching team to coach that and drill it into the players to to be, you know, flamboyant enough in a structured way to open teams up uh, and long may it continue. Talking about the stats now, Paul, top tacklers, Andy Ackers, 22, Sam Stone, 24, Tyler Dupree, 21, Callum Watkins, 26. Yeah, I think Andy Ackers has got a few more, wouldn't he? If he hadn't gone off injured, that was a massive blow for us that with Andy going off and he's going to probably miss maybe three or four games, aren't he, due to the protocol and, and what have you. So he's been really unlucky there. But yeah, it was a good effort. But I am worried about Andy Ackers because it's a concern when fellas keep getting injured and, and bangs to the head. But we've got, you know, Amir Burroughs there waiting in the wings. We've got Chris Atkin and that to come through as well. But no, that's a blow for it for Andy Ackers. That. And uh, a guy who's been playing really, really well as well. So uh, I hope he makes a speedy recovery. Yeah. Talk about the meter makers now. Parkett, Ken CO 142, Tim Lafay 106, King Bunny Ayawa 86, Sam Stone 76, and Ben Helliwell 70. Yeah, some some good meters there. It's good to have uh, Kenny and uh, Lord Lafay back, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> just just a pair of them cause havoc when they bring the ball in. Some of them runs that Kenny CO was putting in, bringing that ball back it was tremendous. And once they're fully fit, because obviously they, they both missed a bit of a chunk there, really. Um, and I've been, I was saying it for weeks that we need we need players like that, especially Lafay causes so much chaos in the defensive line. He draws people in, and if he gets an offload, he's creating space. If he doesn't, and he gets a quick play the ball again, it does that. He draws defenders because they're all terrified of him of what he can do. His offloads and everything else, just such a massive boost having them back. And they both made big meters. And Paul mentioned before Helliwell. I thought he was tremendous. I thought he was absolutely. I, 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 I thought he was good last year in his little spell with us. We haven't seen much of him this year. Came on the other day and the loss of Shane Wright's massive, but 
If he's going to put in performances like that, it should be seamless. He was first class on, on Sunday. Like he proved there. I mean, come off the bench and made that many metres. That's some effort. Yeah. Thought Helliwell was was brilliant. Thought King V was brilliant as well. Plenty of meters in them. I looked at another stat. Not, might have been getting. I don't know from now on. Average gains on every every carry that we did. Callum Watkin was average seven meters a carry. Ben Helliwell averaged nine meters a carry. Dion Cross averaged seven meters a carry, and Ken Seo averaged ten meters a carry. Pop. That's what you want. You don't want a, a player going in. In the first contact and being pushed back, you want your player to to it and keep moving, keep his legs pumping, keep driving, and that's how you make the space. Don't then quick play the ball and away you go. And I think you know when Ben came off the bench, I thought he was a real live wire. And I think Paul Rowley said that in the interview. He used to be a he used to be a back, didn't he? I think he played standoff. I think he played he can play centre as well in his career. So I think Paul likes players like that. He likes athletes, doesn't he? He's not he doesn't like the like you said, the robots. He, not bothered about that. A lot of teams are like that these days. They're robotic with big trundling forwards. You know, you don't want that. You want people with a bit of mobility. And I think we've got plenty of that. You know, we're coming off the bench there. I mean, I mean, Atkin, I feel sorry for him sometimes, the way he's on the bench every week. He's he, he, he cruising to most people's teams. But don't think he minds because he's such a low-maintenance guy and, and he's happy to be part of it. Come on and, and do that destruction for you as well. So, yeah, I forgot what the question was now, but I'm just waffling on. But uh, <laughs> what was the question? Just telling you about the average gains, but you answered it. Oh, sorry. Talked yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no one, I think. But we can see all you get that because Ken is a real hard worker. He'll come in looking for work, won't he, off the wing and take the ball. It takes a bit of pressure off the forwards. Just going back to what Paul was saying about, about Tim Laffey, he's so elusive. You know, he's so he's so hard to tackle. He must be an absolute nightmare for, you know, the opposition to play against because you don't know which way he's going to go. And he's a strong bloke as well. He could play in the forwards. He's got such good upper body strength and that. And we have really missed him. And, you know, I, th- I thought Matty Costello did a great job while he was in. And, and it was a shame that he lost his, his place in the team to Tim. But just showed you what a good player is. So we have got that sort of strength in depth in the three-quarter line, which is, which is what you need. Yeah, big thanks for your three-word match reports at Man of the Matches. David Deakin, Deja Vu, our heart-stopping again. His Man of the Matches, Mark Sneed. Chairman Bob, Roller Coaster Salford, Mark Sneed. Trev Brad, Fashes Mullet, Sneed. Colin Wilson, close, Closely Contested Win, Sneed. Colin Reynolds, Ground That Out, Sneed. Mark, Tough Old Game, Sneed. Paul Whiteside's mate, Roy Ellaby. Dickie Ticker Time, again, Sneed. Suckins, Kendall look devastated. I don't think the referee had too much of a bad game, Parky, would you say? Well, it was Marcus Griffiths who was the referee. Yeah. Kendall was on the line, wasn't he? But yeah. I, I thought, I actually said at the end of the game, I thought the ref had a decent game. I mm. thought he did. He handled it really well. He wasn't... See, like my problem with referees recently is the inconsistency. Uh, and there was none of that. If you gave a penalty one way, he'd do the same the opposite. Um, there was not, not, not a, you know, a six again every 30 seconds or anything like that. He let the game flow. And when he had to step in, he stepped in. He may have got one, one or two wrong, but he's a referee. He's not. He's not going to get them all right. I think he. I think he's probably the best referee performance I've seen at our place this year. Mm, that's a compliment coming from our resident conspiracy theorist. Anyway, <laughs> other things. Uh, Chris and Janet Shenton, another good win. CEO Natalie Taylor, two weeks running. Sneed Parker, you said always had enough. Dupree. Anita, pass me, Gaviscon, Heartburn Reds, <laughs> uh, Ackers and COCNR, just doing enough, Berberela, uh, Ben Wheel, another good win, Helliwell, Richard Martin, more composure needed, Sneed, Nicholas Fletcher, always, 
Better side, Sneed. Rich Taylor, Salford, heart attack, Sneed. Chris <laughs> Owen, stuck at it, Sneed. Jimmy, crucial two points, Sneed. Eric Rawson, two more points, Briley. Chris Borgs, no ref complaints, like you said, Parker. Stephen Moz, composure, tough battle, Riley. Dave H, defence needs improvement, Riley. So we're looking down that list, Paul. It was at the Max Sheets. Max Need should have took the took the accolade on Sunday. Yeah, well, his all-around game was good. He scored a good try. His goal kicking was pretty good. I think he missed two, which is quite rare for him. Kicked four from six, dropped a goal as well, very composed for that. You knew damn well what was going to happen on that last set there. You knew he was going to drop that goal. And he's so accurate, he's so calm. He's a talisman. You know, if you're going to be a good, successful side, every team needs a bloke like him in the team because his goal kicking is brilliant. He's dead accurate. He hardly ever misses any. He's always in the right place at the right time if you need to drop goal. He'll put, he'll put you a 40-20 out of the bag. He kicked from the scrum for that try. He does everything. He does all the little things right and does them perfect as well. So he's a top-class player, is Mark Steen. He has been for a number of years. And I know he's clocking on a bit now. But I think us signing in was an absolute masterstroke. And I think if you ask old supporters or the old chairman, they'll probably say to you, why did we let him go? It was a mistake. And he's a, he's a super player. I think he's a very underrated player as well, Rob. People don't always rave about him. They'll go on about other players, you know, the Johnny Lomaxes of this world and people like that. You know, but they are they, they mentioned Sneedy because with players like him, he does it so well week in, week out. He just goes unnoticed sometimes. And just going back to the referee, that Marcus Griffiths, I think he's one of the best referees in the league because you never you never see him. He just lets the game flow. I said to my dad on Sunday, when if it was our first six again, was in the second half. And I'd not I'd not heard that hoot. I mean somewhat wrong with the hoot, apparently anyway, but I couldn't <laughs> think of it. That's what someone said to me. It wasn't working right, but I hardly heard it go or, or heard the referee penalise anything. He was. That's what you want. You want a referee to referee the game with a bit of common sense. We're not playing football. It's a contact sport, rugby league, and you know, give the players a bit of leeway. And as long as there's that respect there between the players and the referee, that's bang on. And, and I thought he refereed it really, really well. And if someone, the referee, if Kendall's watching, you know, take a leaf out of his book and, and just. It's not about you. It's about. The, the two teams just have a bit of common sense and you know let the let the game flow yeah Parker a few people talked about heartburn reds or heart attack reds for me you're playing in these games is only going to help you further down the line because you're going to be in this situation come playoff time so if you're able to perform in this pressure cooker atmosphere when it comes out of playoff time later on when there's real pressure uh, you'll be able to deliver the goods yeah, I, I mean, I understand what what people are saying. I I didn't I didn't feel it that way. The week before against Huddersfield, definitely. Hmm. You know, up to the last ten seconds, we could have lost that game. I, I, like like I said earlier, I always felt we we had enough to beat Hull right throughout the game. If we just stopped forcing the pass and and cut out the odd error that we were making, we didn't need to make. I mean, for that interception we gave away down that. The, the far side away from the, on the on the east stand side we could have just held that ball yeah. but we wanted to force that extra pass and we forced it they knew what we were going to do you could see it a mile away but it's that split second thinking just to get control and say I'm keeping this and then they don't go up the other end you know things like that if we just cut them out I, I always thought we had more than, than Hull I really did I don't know why I thought that you know they, they're a decent enough team but um yeah, I, I get, I get what you're saying. We, you know, you want it to be a little bit more comfortable. But mm. I thought, yeah, I thought we just, we, I thought we had enough for the game. I suppose that's a learning process, in it, knowing when yeah. to hold them and knowing when to run. 
I think it was a famous song with uh, with that as well, but which kind of springs to mind. It'll come, come to me hopefully shortly. So yeah, good win for, for Salford against Hull. Let's move on to the ladies. They were in Super League action and lost to Lee on the community pitch. They went down 50 points to 10. Parker depleted squad. Lots of absentees through injury and work, etc. Battled hard, but unfortunately went down to defeat. Yeah, they seem to be fine doing it tough at the moment, don't they? It's, I mean, the step up was obviously is obviously a big one. That's that's a, you know these these more established teams are doing towards what we were doing to others last year. Um, and um, if you don't get a full team, I mean, you see you see it at every level of rugby league. You don't get your best players out in the park. You're gonna struggle. We just need that one, that one win, that one bit of confidence. I think at the moment to, to make things click. But it, it wasn't going to be easy this year. We just, again, we're just learning again. And if you are missing key players, you're gonna, you're gonna be in trouble. Uh, and that's what we've got at the moment. And it is, it is difficult because like the men's team, we've only got a small squad of players to pick from. Uh, and 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 when you dip deeper into that squad, the less experience you've got, and you're coming up against teams like Lee, and obviously. Wigan and teams like that, it's 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 a massive step as as we're finding out. But um we'll pick up a few wins as the season goes on. But this week just it just doesn't isn't happening at the moment. Um but we you know the girls can't get too downhearted. We know what can happen. We you see that like say at all levels. We get a, we get our full side out on the pitch and we'll uh, we'll certainly step up and, and, and somewhere along the line something will break for us. Yeah, so it's a learning experience for our ladies. Obviously, like we said, lack of bodies, tough competitors, Lee, doing well uh, so far this season. But like you say, that they're building on it. They'll turn the corner. They'll get to beat Castleford in the in the first game, which was great. And I'm sure they'll bounce back from uh, the defeat against Lee. Better news, park it up, is the return of Casey Naylor. The prop forward returned to the squad. Played fantastic last season. A real rock and roll uh, front row, uh, and also as a an eye for a try as well. Yeah, again, that's what we need. We need players with experience, players who know the game. Uh, you know, who are going to do well. She was, she was great for us last year. And again, you forget. I mean, you know, I, 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 I don't hope she's not listening. I forgot about her. You know, because <laughs> just hadn't seen her about, hadn't seen her name or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. And you do. And then you start, you know, it's like when you lose this year, you know, so the first team could lose a player and they're not playing. You just sort of forget about them and carry on with whoever you've got. And then obviously you go, oh, but him to come back yet. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's obviously a massive boost. And I'm sure the girls will know that. And you want you want fresh blood in many ways and faces to just, just mix it up a little bit and give you a bit more, you know, confidence and, and a bit more sort of familiarity in, in, in the squad and you, you know how she plays. You know what she's going to offer you. And it's something else to rely on now. Extra, you know, an extra body. When you're getting beat like that every week, you're doing more defending you do, you know, than you are attacking. You're not having the ball. So you're getting whacked about. You're hurting. And then, like, like we say about these girls, you have to go to work and uni or whatever else through the week. They're, they're not, you know, they're not going home, coming back, doing rehab, having two hours training and going playing golf. You know, this isn't happening. It's, uh, it's tough for them. And, you know, I've got nothing but respect. It was good to see a few of them at, at half time the other day as well. So just need them to, to, to remember, remember the good times and it, it'll all come back. Yeah, they've also brought in another player, Jessica, is it Panyi Otter? Ooh, I'm sure Marcel will be tapping me shortly, tell me if uh, I've got that wrong. But yeah, she's uh, a second row. Uh, played rugby union, so she's uh, come in as well, Parkinson. So that's uh, another name to look out for. Yeah, again, uh, she 
like I say, you need you need fresh blood. We need to to get bodies into the squad. More mm -hmm. more numbers, the better chance we've got. Giving these girls, you know, a week off or whatever when we can, and let them rest up because as the season goes on, it's only going to get tougher. Uh, so if we can get players in, players with experience, you know, wherever they're from, whatever code, you know, whatever sporting background, really, just people who know about sport and how it works, um, it's, it's going to help us. And we do need a bit of a lift, but. Like you say, the, the, the girls, we're still learning. You know, we, we're, we're not much over 12 months old there. So we've took a big step in that first year. And mm. I think that the reality hits now, doesn't it? That it's not as easy as, as we thought. But I've still got all confidence in, in the girls. And, and we will get better and we will get stronger. And we will have more players eventually. Hopefully, you know, everything going on off the pitch at the moment around the club can, can help that. And yeah, I'm still full of confidence. And, you know, we'll still pick up a few wins this year. Yeah, so let's move on to the reserves now. They were in action against Hull on Saturday. Went down to defeat 52 points to six. Uh, Salford's only try scorer was Alex Davison. Lovely assist by uh, Jordan Brown, offloading the tackle, and uh, Davison crashed over from a yard out. Um, Hull were the better side throughout, bigger. Attack the edges better. Um, it's a learning process for Stuart Wilkinson's lads. Yeah, it's a, it's a big defeat, that isn't it, and a disappointing one. But like you said, with the reserves and that, you're not. I don't know. It's it's a tough one. You're not going out to sort of win the league, I suppose, are you, at this stage because they're a newish team, aren't they? So it's all about building, isn't it? And we said the other week, it was great to see some of the first team lads in there, you know, getting back to full fitness and going on their journey. So, yeah, it's a learning curve for a lot of these lads because a lot of the lads in the reserves are quite new to the sport as well. There's a lot of young kids in there. So, um, so yeah, it's it's tough. Same same with the ladies. You, you do find those sort of patches. We, we know watching the first team, we've gone on mad runs of losing 10, 11, 12 games on the spin. <laughs> and it, we've seen it before. You laugh, Rob, but you remember them. You remember them days. And they're not that long ago. And it's just about sticking together, isn't it? And, and you know, you get through these times, don't you? So the reserves won't be too down, downhearted by that. You know, all are a good side, aren't they? Well coached side. They've had that pathway in there for a number of years now, haven't they? A lot of those lads might have been together since the academy days. So they're building along. It's all about a building process, isn't it? It's, you know, these results won't come straight away. I remember them glory days. Well, I say I remember them. I was drunk for most of it. But, uh, yeah, I bet you'd go 10 games uh, without win park and then you'd be thinking, should we should we sack the coach or not? What do you reckon? Yeah, we we, we often didn't sack him soon enough, I don't think. Um, <laughs> no, going on, going on about the reserves there, though, a few weeks ago we had Dixon, Helliwell, um, you know, people like that, Longstaff, whatever, all playing in the reserves. And when injuries hit the first team, you lose that. Mm. You know, and a bit of experience with them lads wouldn't help. It wouldn't wouldn't go amiss. Uh, you know, if you had a fully fit squad, if you could put probably you know Williams and a Costello in there and, and a few of the other, you wouldn't get them results. But the lads are learning a lot. They're getting a lot of experience. I looked at that team sheet the other day and I thought I was a little bit worried for them when when it, when it got you know when, when the team sheet came out because I looked at the whole team and I thought there's, there's probably one or two names on there you could probably pick out. Um, but that, I mean, Hull are a good example of what you can do with your, your reserve and your academy. I think on Sunday, I think five players in that whole in the first team were, were whole lads. Mm. That's that's where we want to go. I know it's what Bleasy wants. I know it's what Paul King wants, and it's what we all want, really. Um, so we just got to stick by him, you know. And, and hopefully, a couple of them, you know, we, we've mentioned in the past. There's a few and Billy Wake, uh, Walker and people like that 
uh, Jack Stevens, who's always shown great promise to me. We, we've just got to keep nurturing them and hopefully get, give them a chance at some point into the first team. Uh, but they'll, they'll, they'll learn it. Uh, I, I don't really take much credence from the, from the results at the moment. It's not about that. Uh, we haven't got an academy, so this is as close as we've got. And sometimes it's literally men against boys and it's not going to be easy for them. No. So that's our look back at the matches this week. And now we'll look at all the big news that have come out of the club this week. So I'll start mm-hmm. off with the celebration. Parker, the Reds Rise Again campaign has passed its initial target of £250,000. Fantastic. Happy days. Yeah, I think we made £275,000 by, mm. by this evening. I mean, that's what an effort. I mean, to, to all them fans out there, just in this day and age, I, I, I'll be honest, I probably said it to you both, how did we make it? Mm. Uh, and we haven't just made it. You know, there's still, what, five days to go with pass through it who knows where we could go uh, and if we'd have had maybe a bit longer who, you know god knows sky's the limit but um no it's brilliant and it gives the club now a massive chance for a stable footing you know bringing the right people to do the right jobs which then can create that extra money that we need at the moment i've said before I, i've been to the club on a on a working day and when you realize how few people actually make that a professional sports club run there it's it's incredible the amount of work they do. These people, you know, they're, they're like Swiss Army knives. They just do everything. And we need more bodies and more professionals, people who do that job day to day for a living, whether it's marketing, whether it's promotions, you know, whatever it is, commercial work. This now gives us a chance to bring in people to do that, to get out into the community, again, to spread the word, to bring people in, bums on seats, season tickets. It's all money. It's all going in the coffers, but you've got to start somewhere. Mm. We've not been fortunate enough to get a benefactor recently. I know Paul King mentioned last week that we, we had had people come in with money willing to take over, but they, they wanted the ground. We can't offer that. It's not ours. We can't do that. And when it came to the club, they're just not interested in, in just buying a rugby club. So it's time to do it for ourselves. And, you know, you guys out there have uh, absolutely blown my socks off. Really, have uh, the some of the generosity of some people, and that I don't, I, I honestly don't know you've done it. Um, but it's just, it just now after I come out of that meeting last Tuesday, I had such a buzz about the club and the future. If we could do this, that we, we're going to set a precedent that I think many rugby clubs and many other sports clubs, professional football clubs, could easily follow, probably will follow, to become community owned. Mm. I didn't want to be that guy, but I think I might have to be. It's not 250 grand and out. This is a stepping stone. Mm. This this is what needs to be done. It's not, we're not there. This is just a step on, on, on the journey, Paul. And that is a good thing. Obviously, press release from the club with Paul King beaming about it, but it wasn't champagne. It wasn't brass band. It wasn't conga lines. It was. We've got what we need, and let's go again. Yeah, because in the cold light of day, two hundred fifty grand these days is a good start, but it's it's not mega money, is it? You know that could soon get swallowed up if it wasn't invested in the right places. So you can't be getting too overexcited. But it's a great start, and you know it makes me think sometimes you look at the likes of Leeds, Wigan, Warrington, some of these clubs, and when we've been there, haven't we, around the behind the scenes doing the press stuff and that, and you look at how they tick. 
And then you look at Salford, and I know people scoff at us sometimes, saying, oh, your crowds are crap, this, that, and the other. And I, I sort of beam with pride inside sometimes. I think, yeah, this small club of ours that only gets sort of 4,000, that only has about a dozen people working there, and yet we're competing in that league with these teams. We're getting to grand finals. We're getting to, we're, we're pushing them all the way. Can you imagine what we could do if we were on the same sort of footing as them, with the same sort of money, with, with staff there who can actually, you know what people will say to you, Oh, they never market anything in Salford. Yeah, but we haven't got any people there to, to do the marketing because we haven't got a marketing team. So, I mean, what do you want us to do? At the end of the day, we all sort of muck in ourselves, don't we? And, and it's always been like in the years I've watched Salford. So, you know, imagine if we had professional people who was there doing the job, uh, how, how much better the club would run. I mean, the, the club is brilliant. I mean, the way it is, I mean, it, I was a bit emotional when, it, when I saw all that because... What you've got to think is if there wasn't a club and it wasn't there mm. and it wasn't in your life, well, it would be a massive gap. It would be a massive hole, massive hole in my life anyway. And I felt that sort of way when QCash took over and I thought he was going to change the name. I thought, what would I do without the club? And I used to say to Ellen, what would I do? I mean, I've got my kids, I've got my family, which I love to bits, but that Salford Red Devils has always been in my life since I was four or five year old when I started going. And, you know, it would be such a big hole. So... For this now, it finally looks like it's going to be there and going to be secure. We don't want to be keep mithering and going on every season about, oh, we're going to survive. Can we pay these bills? Are we going to go bust? We want it to be there and, and taken care of. And like Rob was saying there, if that was setting a precedent of being run by the community and other clubs are doing that, it, that'd be fascinating if that's how the club could run it. It'd be like a be like a cooperative, wouldn't it? How, how that started all those years ago and that. It's not impossible. That I think that'd be amazing, and it's just the start of it now. But um, no, it's it's good. Parky, you went to the meeting. What was your thoughts? First of all, how uh, I've got to say how professional I thought it was. Yeah. Um, very very unsalford like. No, um, <laughs> no, it was it was it, it, it was everybody. All the speakers spoke passionately and and knowledgeably. You know, Andy Burnham being there. You know, I don't care what you think of some of his uh, policies, like the clean air and that kind of stuff. Anyway, um, he spoke very well on our behalf, and he, he you know, he urged, he's going to he's going to look from from the, as as mayor of Manchester, the Great Manchester, as to how he can help us become a stronger club. I.e., what can be done away from the rugby side? What he was talking about transportation. He knows he's seen what what a struggle it is to get to the ground sometimes. You know this. There's one bus, there's one bus in, one bus out, and that kind of thing. And he's going to look and, and try and help us with it. And we've got that contact now. So that's massive. Because you're going to the top. Do you know what I mean? We're not messing about. Hmm. Uh, the mayor of Salford, Paul Dennett, was, was brilliant. He's bought shares himself, which, you know, full credit. So a lot of times you'll hear politicians tell you what you want to hear, but not do anything about it. Uh, he's, you know, he's put his hand in his pocket and, and he's helped us. He was really good. And the council sound like, you know, he's risked a lot, Paul Dennett. To be fair, he's gone against quite a bit of advice from his own people. You know, there are people in that council who we've known for a long time don't particularly like Salford Rugby League Club. Didn't want us to get the stadium. Didn't want you know. Don't want to help us out with the law. Gone against all that, and he's helped us, and he's helped the people of Salford in that way. As a council taxpayer in this city, I, I can't thank him enough for, for what he's done. And then you've got Paul King. You know what you're getting off Paul. You know the passion. You know he talks as a fan. You know, he's in a privileged position. 
or not, as he may see it. You know, it, it's a poison chalice in many ways. Um, and you can't please everyone, but he was he was brilliant. Andy Rosler, uh, you know, Paul Trainer, they were they were they were excellent. But for me, it was the it's the plan. It's what it, it gives us chance to do now. The doors it will open. Um, you know, the extra the extra funding, the sports match funding we can apply for now, which is going to top this up to to a massive figure. You know, so the more we get, obviously, the better the outcome for us. Um, you can get up to eighty percent or something extra. It's ridiculous. I, I, I can't remember the figures, but I've got the the, the, the booklet downstairs that they gave us on the night. Fantastic sort of prospectus on what's going on. Um, and it, the time that was spent, and the guy, you know, everyone stayed behind. If you want your questions, rather than have to put your hand up and asking an audience of a few hundred people, you might not want to do that. They stayed behind. They answered everyone's questions. Um, you know, it was just. I walked out of there and I was, I was being, I know me, uh, like I said, I went with my brother and he was the same. It was, I think we were, we're blown away by what we'd heard and how, how this helped. It's easy to say, give us your money, you know, in a Bob Geldof style sort of, <laughs> yeah. you know, these people are, are struggling here. But you want to know what it's for. People aren't daft and they won't just hand over money. And the, 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 the proof for me is how much has been raised from that day to today. Well, I think it's an extra £90,000 in a week. £90,000 in one week for that. From from that Tuesday night, from what was said, to today. I, that's incredible. That is absolutely incredible. And that's the that's the that's what got across. Anyone who was there that night wouldn't have walked, couldn't have walked out of that room without going, oh, I think I'll have a bit of this. Mm. Brilliant. I watch the replay on RDTV, which is free. So if you haven't didn't manage to get down to the stadium for the big meeting, you can catch it up on RDTV. A couple of things that stood out for me, Parky, was like you said, there was no so all the benefactors that, that wanted to get involved were after the stadium. And obviously when they mm-hmm. realised they couldn't get the stadium, they all backed off slowly. But I think the important thing what Paul King was was kind of putting on was the fact that it's the brand of Salford Red Devils which will kick this forward. He talked about um, you know the different teams that we've been setting up. He talked about esports in China, where mm-hmm. our brand, you know, might sort of be able to take off and, and generate more income in different revenue streams, which is exciting. And uh, you know things like that uh, is is this the way this club is going to have to function because, like Paul King said. We can't run on four thousand crowns. We need to find other ways of making money. You only have to go back to the late sixties and seventies to see then that, that there was a revolution took place at the Willows when when Brian Snape realised that rugby league itself would die if mm. if it didn't find other ways of raising money because there's no money in the game. There never has been and never will be. So unless you've got a wealthy benefactor, you got you're always going to be living hand to mouth. And this, you know, so we built the Willows. We had a variety centre, you know, they had a casino in there at one time. You used to have, you know, obviously the restaurant, making money off the pitch. Friday night, Saturday night, the variety centre. It was a genius idea to put money back into the club. Super. And that's the way we're doing it now. That's what we're looking at now. And it's not just a first team. It's not just 17 people turning up. every. I mean, that's that's the pinnacle of what we are. But it's what's below that that's going to boost us. Hmm. Get everybody involved. Get the whole community involved. I mean, I, I, I never heard anything about that esports until that night. Um, and you think about it, 
That's the way the that's the way the world is. That's mm. the way the youth of this world is now. That's what they want to get involved in. And if they get involved in soft rugby league club by playing games or doing whatever, I'm not bothered. As long as they get involved, we've got to look at every avenue. And then obviously Paul King went on to mention China came up again, didn't he? He was going to he went to play a, a game over there against, you know, I think he mentioned St. George or whoever, but you know, why not aim that way? Well, it's not what why can't we be first? We've been first on a lot of things, you know, and, and these connections we've got with Ipswich in, in Australia and, and the Copperheads in the US and, you know, obviously Red Star. and It's getting our name out there. We, we are becoming a brand. It's not just a team. It's not just a rugby team. And that's what we need to do. We need to expand that way to bring money in. And who knows, you might, we might end up with a, you know, a, a Shanghai supporters club. <laughs> And one of them might be a multimillionaire and decide, you know what, I quite fancy a bit of that. Whatever it is. But at the same point, we're getting out there. We're not just sticking. As much as we're doing what we can in Salford and, and Greater Manchester, we're looking further afield. And, we, you know, the plans are massive. And I'm not going on about world domination and stupid cash, you know, airy-fairy water parks and things like that. I'm talking about real, real prospects for this club now to go forward. And we're guiding it. The fans are guiding it. It's our job as as investors. We are now, like Paul said, we're the ticket sellers. We're the you know we're the advertising. There's nearly a thousand people put the money in now. Mm-hmm. If every one of them can can just do a little bit, whatever it is, in whatever way, whatever way you can add your professionalism or or you know a little idea you might have. That's, we're all invested. It's ours. So we've got to, you know, we've got to do what we can. You would have, you know, an investment in normal stocks and shares. So let's do it for this. Yeah. Paul, he talked about investing in the marketing team and the commercial side of the club as well. What has changed the narrative of the club from a selling club to a, a club that's alive and, and wants to progress and move forward, wants to talk about growing the attendance. And like Parky said, over, I think it's a thousand owners now, the responsibility to make this a success lies with us. Being an owner is a, a big thing, but doing something to make a difference is even bigger. Yeah, uh, there's a. I get that, but there's also the the, the wider thing now as well. You, I get where the club are coming from, but you can't keep sort of going to that well and preaching to the converted, if you like. We need to start preaching to people who don't go to the match. I mean... People who are buying a season ticket and investing in this, you're investing a lot of money. You know, a season ticket's a few hundred quid. So once you've done all that, I don't suppose you can keep asking them next season. You've got to start going out to people who are not attending the matches. Lots and lots of people live in Salford who don't get involved with rugby league. So you, you can't keep banging on your supporters all the time. So they're, they're already doing their bit now. So it is important that other people start getting involved as well. Otherwise, your attendances are never going to grow, are they? So... Yeah, we it's one of those now. We have to just watch this space and see who gets involved in that. But it's it's going to be a difficult thing. But no, like you say, with the, with the money and I've read that perspective and that it's good what's going to happen now. But there's there's still a lot of work to be done. Yeah, uh, like like you said there, Paul, you can't can't keep going to the well. But we now have a thousand people who are invested in this, and uh, and like as an owner, it's your responsibility to push the club forward however you feel you can do that and that is what Paul King said that's what Andy Rosler said 
and is in many words the the speech Andy Rosler made was was so important for me, Parker, um, talking about the leveling up fund, about the two hundred thousand pound that we've raised uh, is then matched by the the government who gives eighty percent. So two our two hundred k and eight hundred k equals a million quid. Uh, which makes a big, big difference. Yeah, I thought Andy was. A, I mean, I've known Andy for many, many years. I know he's, he's always been a, a passionate fan, and he's been working behind the scenes for a long time now. Since I think he came in when when Coo Cash was there, or, or around that time, and you know, so I know he's he's another one with with the club at heart, um, and he's he's been massive behind this this push for these shares. He's he's put a, Took it, took it on himself. I think you know to look into the, the legal obligations and everything else. And I think you know I, I think he's done a great job. Um, but yeah, that, that's exactly what it is now. It's, it's where, where we're saying about crowds. Well, it, there's a thousand people put their money in, so you don't want to waste your money. If the club goes bust, you've lost it all. Do you know what I mean? So it's your job to push this club now. So in a few weeks' time, we've got Wigan coming to town. Now, if we're still flying. And Wigan will be fine, you know that. It could be a lovely day, a nice afternoon. We've got the Armed Forces Day and all that. If you can tell everybody you know what you're doing that weekend or coming up, if you fancy it, why don't you come down? If we can get six and a half, seven, seven and a half, eight thousand in that ground, I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. And you'll watch, you will be entertained. There's no doubt about it. You will love the day. You will watch rugby league and go, that was quite good. If some of them come back the week after, you've done your job, the money, you know what I mean? These people can get hooked. It's our job to do that. And I know a lot of us have done it for years. We've told everybody until we're blue in the face. But there's, there's never been that push for it. There's never been that. It's sort of like, you know, you come in again, no, I can't. Now we've, it's our job. It's our money. You know, we've, you've sunk your own cash in. Get a dragon there. Tell them, come down, you're going to love it. Come and watch us. And if we can start getting 6,000 every week to, to every game, and we've got some big games coming up, big crowds, Wigan, Lee, Warrington, Saints, Leeds have still got to come. I know they don't always bring that many, but, you know, these teams have still got to come to our gaff. We could get six and sevens. That's a lot of money in the till. Now we're taking so much from food and drink on the day, you know. People then might want to buy a shirt. They might, they'll do, and then they might want to invest in the future. So this share thing won't end. You know what I mean? It's not something that you can come up with. We can do it all. They can just keep putting the money in however you want. And I just think it's it's a great thing that as I felt I felt a pride the other night. I think that's what it was. A pride in in, the, in sort of fellow Salford fans, and it felt like yeah, we're we're all together. We are in this together. It's it's our it's our time now to do something. And when we do have some success, it's our success. You know, it's not down to one man putting his cash in or whatever who could take everything. It's 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 ours. Yeah, they also talked about the the side of the club, the commercial side growing to match the amount of money the Super League give us as well and how hard that's going to be but how they're going to work hard and with new bodies and more bodies uh, and also the, the ownership as well, the, the new fans that have invested, how they're going to be able to continue to with uh, the momentum. 
Paul, which was exciting. Talked about business engagement, talked about engaging with new fans, like Park had said. Talked about getting subcommittees for fan engagement, commercial mm-hmm. activities, match day experience, which is always sort of important. We want that match day experience to be the best it can be to attract uh, fans in. Sounds very complicated, Bob, to me, all that sort of stuff. It goes over my head a bit. But yeah, you know, the more people get involved, the better. And and, and like, for me, I, I couldn't give a toss about the sort of the entertainment before the game. We just got to watch the match. But a lot of people do now. I mean, look at the league games this season. People have gone there, the entertainment, they've had on fireworks, they've had like bands on every week, haven't they? And all that. So, and it's, there's no sort of coincidence that they, they, their crowds have, have gone through the roof this season, haven't they? At least Sports Village. So, if you can do things like that, I think it, it's great. And, yeah, there's so much going on, isn't there? So many different paths to this, and like Parky said there about um, this won't be the end of it. You know, you can do this whenever you want. If you wanted to do it every season, you could. You could open another one up. There's always going to be times for people to to invest in that, and hopefully businesses and in the in the people of the area as well. There's a lot of businesses in Salford. There's a lot of people that live in the area, in the Greater Manchester area as well. So let's hope some of them get involved. And you know, the the world is our oyster. We've said it before about the. Don't want to like bag other teams off, but there's other teams in that Super League that probably have got a bit of a, a ceiling, whereas us, don't think we have. We we could we could potentially be the biggest team in that league. You know the the catchment area we've got and the vibrancy of of, of where the ground is and, and where we play in the Greater Manchester area. It's such a sort of growing place, isn't it? Really. So um, so yeah, it's exciting, really, really exciting times and. You know, a, a lot of people were quite cynical about this, particularly journalists and that, and the, the wider people of rugby league. And I think they're starting to have a look at it now and think, "Why are they? They're not doing bad, Salford. But their supporters are quite loyal, aren't they? As if they, as if they didn't know anyway. But we are. You know, there's not many clubs who'd, who'd get behind this. I mean, I can think of other other clubs in Super League where they probably wouldn't have bothered. But I think the, the community spirit of Salford and the the fact that we we are sort of, um, we've said it before about rolling, won't we? We're an us and them sort of thing. We are backs to the wall. We'll get in a corner and we'll fight our way out and we'll stick together. I think it's always been like that as, as being a Salford supporter. I think we look after one another, don't we? So um, that's the spirit of the of the, uh, of the city, really. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I'm not Salford. I wasn't born in Salford. My family were, but I wasn't. So in the way, sometimes I feel a bit of a fraud, but I like to think of, I've, I've earned my way in through the years. I've watched them sort of thing. And yeah, the spirit of the city is fantastic. Yeah. Paul Dennett, the mayor, sorry, Parker, he was full of praise for the foundation. Talked about engaging with the local people in the area. He also mentioned the Latin on the badge that the spirit of the people is higher than the law. So he's obviously keen for the club and the council and the people of Salford to engage and uh, grow the club as well as provide for the people in the city. Yeah, I like I say, I mean, Paul, was, he spoke really well. And he, he, again, you know, he, he spoke about the stadium, about making the stadium a, an event, a place for not just for rugby, but for, you know, for the community, for Salford to make it work. To make, and once you get people there and they know where it is, you know, because there'll be people in, who live in Salford who don't know where this ground is. You know, there'll be people in Salford, there'll be thousands and thousands who won't know when we play, who we play or what we are. And that that's crazy, you know, in, in, in any any town or city in the in the country. But we've never been able to get, get out there. And he's going to help that. He's going to be part of that push. I mean, it's also, see, the thing is, there's a health and lifestyle 
issue with with you know I mean inner city kids now and, and it, well everybody really you know with obesity and and everything else and that could be the the mecca for this city for people to get out and do things and be part of something and the development of the stadium is going to be massive and the reason we're still in that stadium has a lot to do with Paul Dennett and Salford Council let's let's not you know shy away from that you know without them we could have been kicked out a while ago so um we need a solid footing. We need a we need a base, and we've got one. We know that. Uh, but I was I was really impressed with him the way he spoke, and he's knowledgeable about it because you know he can, he can easily just get a few sound bites and walk off. But he didn't. He knew what he was talking about, and he, like you say about the the community team there, the you know the club about the work they do. He was fully aware of that, and uh, he, I think I think when you've got people like that on board fighting your corner, you've always got a good chance. Mm. And the final speech uh, of the of the evening, uh, and the best one for me, uh, Parky, was Paul Trainer, passionate about what was going on, uh, talked about taking control and, and the owners being living it, engaging in it, and, and being sort of part of it. Talked about the ING as an opportunity to grow the club. And they talked about his school programs and, like you said, going into different countries and, and engaging them and growing the game. Um, but yeah, it was I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, Paul, Paul was good. And he, I mean, he always is when you read his tweets and that kind of thing. He's always right behind everything. Obviously, I mean, it's, it's part of his job, I suppose. I mean, why, why wouldn't he be? But uh, yeah, no, he, he was really, really good. And again, it's the when somebody speaks, sometimes you you you, you listen and you know and you understand that they know what they're talking about and they. This isn't just words, just, you know, like I said before, it's not just give us your money, you know. They, they've thought about this. This has been planned and all these people, are, you know, the, the talking heads have got together and gone, this is what we need to do to get to where we need to be. IMG aren't going to come in and mess about. They could drop us like a stone if we're not willing to to change and, and develop and become a modern sports club. Um, and not just a sports club, but an institution. You know, and, and that's that's the thing. And it, it might have taken 150 years for rugby league to, to wake up, rugby league clubs. But this is our wake up now. And we, we you know, we, I think we've got a great chance of achieving with people like Paul Trainer at the club who, who are willing to push us and, and direct us to, to places where we've never been. Final thoughts on this, Paul? Exciting time, Robin, and good to be part of. I think it's, you know, the, the future's in our hands, really, isn't it, now? And we've got to look after it. And we say that, don't we, about chair. I've always said that they're custodians, aren't they? And we're the custodians now. We're the ones who are in charge of it. And, you know, it's up to us how, how things go, isn't it? And let's just hope people jump on the on the, on the this and on this ride, really. But I, I look at it sometimes and think, oh, what would happen if you know the worst came to the worst and we went bust or, or whatever? And I always think, well, you've got those loyal people that will always dig you out of that hole, I think. And well, whilst we've got this loyal band of supporters that we have got, this hardcore, which seems to be getting bigger and bigger, I think, I think we'll be OK. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm really excited about it all. And I think, you know, this, this club's going places. So the other big news of the week, um, Tyler Dupree, agent handed a transfer request in on his behalf the club rejected it Parky uh, contracted to us to the 2025 season uh, thought he played out of his skin against Hull uh, thoughts well first of all I, mean, I gave him man of the match for, for Sunday uh, mainly because of the circus that's gone on around him 
uh, you know, from, from, from Monday onwards, it was absolute chaos. And he turns up on Sunday and, and was magnificent. The try he scored, I mean, that's that's great, like Paul said before, great footwork from a big man. And that's, that's kind of what international props do. So, you know, and at 23, he's got a lot to give. Look, it's a massive blow. Uh, we, do, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We don't know who's right and who's wrong and who's asked for what and who's not, you know, what the agreements are. But what we've got to do now is do the best for us and the player. Now, if Tyler wants to leave, if it's his decision to leave and he wants to leave Salford, and he's, then then we've just got to get the best we can for for ourselves, the best financial deal. Okay, I'd apparently come in with 150 grand. So we've said no. And then we've heard that we're going to come in with a bit more and possibly a player on loan. But we've got to sold out because Warrington might come along, the Leeds might want him back or do you know what I mean? Let's play it. We've got nothing to lose here. He's our player. He doesn't have to go anywhere. We, yeah, we are short of cash and the money would be great. But at the same point, are we going to find another 23-year-old prop forward with the promise that he's got mm. at the moment? That's the tough thing for me. It was, it was a blow when we heard it and it, we were all a bit upset. We were a bit devastated. But these things happen. But he's gone nowhere yet. He's still our player. And he proved on Sunday that He's happy. He's obviously, you know, willing to stay and do his job like like a true professional. So hopefully we can get through this week now with him and then we can look. But, I mean, if somebody comes in with a couple of hundred thousand and, and a player, I think you'd probably be stupid to turn it down because these days you don't get transfer fees. Nobody's, nobody's giving cash away. You know, what could we do with that? Mm. You know, we could bring in two or three players with that kind of money plus the player you've got from them, we, you know, we're obviously we're short players. As much as I'd love to keep Tyler, I'd love to keep Tyler in a 20 30 man squad. Unfortunately, we've got about 25 players, uh, and once you pick up a few injuries, we're going to struggle. So, bad news in one way, but it's a great asset. And what, what we've done, what Leasy has done, and Paul King have done, is secured her by giving him that big contract back in December. Mm. No matter what it was, we tied him down. We've tied a lot of players down. If you want our players, we don't want to sell them. But if you want them, it's going to cost you some money. They're not just going to walk away from the club at the end of the year. They're not, you know, they're not free agents. These are our players. So for me, it's win-win. If he goes, we get a big chunk. If he stays, we've got a great player. Yeah. Uh, Paul King, I think Paul Rowley said that they don't need to sell. Um, which is a which is a good thing, Paul, because obviously they, they, they talk about you want to change the narrative of the club and not be a, a selling club. I suppose it's the flip side of being the opportunity club that these players get the chance from the championship. They turn into a super league player. We reward them with a with a good contract. Then they get even better, represent the country, and then people come sniffing. So. It is the flip side of being that opportunity club, but the only way you break that cycle is to keep all your best players. Yeah, that's right. I mean, if we don't need to sell him, don't sell him. But on the flip side of that, if, if a player wants to go, what's quite an old him against his will? One thing I I found a bit iffy was he signed the new contract, and then all this sort of came about after he played for England. So. As somebody in the England dressing room said to me, you, you want to put a transfer request in there at Salford, you get you and Miles more money at Ulcar or Warrington or Wigan. It just seems a bit iffy to me what his motive would be to move. Obviously, it's probably for more money. But if I was Paul Rowley or, or the people looking after him at Salford, I'd be saying, well, just hang fire. You know, have a think about it. 
keep playing your socks off this season. If you're still unhappy at the end of the season, then go to Wigan, Warrington or Old Care or whatever. But you're playing for Salford this season. You've still got a chance of winning summer. We're in the quarterfinals of the Challenge Cup. We've got a great chance of getting to the playoffs. You could win something with this club and then move on to wherever you want to go. Players have moved on before of and, and left clubs. And it's not always worked out. The grass isn't always greener. So his agent might tell him over the wooden hills at Bedfordshire, it's absolutely marvellous over there. It might not be, though. You know, it doesn't always work out. So Tyler's got a massive decision to make. You obviously employ an agent to, to look after your to your career and your welfare and what have you. But I just wonder if I, if I got the chance to ask Tyler, that my question would be, what makes you want to go? Why? Why? Why, why do you want to leave Solver? I've got nothing against the lad whatsoever, but I'd just like to know his reasons behind it. But yeah, let's hope he can stay for the season. If he can't and he wants to go, I think Paul Rowley knows how to get... If, if, he's, if, he's, if his head's not in it, Paul Rowley won't pick him. Hmm. So I won't worry about that. So I think I think Tyler's professional enough to play well for Solver whilst he's still at the club. Yeah. Um, but like Parky said, if, if a club comes in with a, a, an offer that's too good to turn down then what did the club do? Did he say, well, we've got a chance of winning some here, so let's keep hold of him, or do we take the case? It's a gamble, isn't it? Sports a gamble, so it's a, it's a tough situation. Yeah, I thought it was brilliant against Hull, Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, under all that pressure um, of everything that was going on during the week, what do we say on this podcast? Pressure is a privilege, and uh, he showed, obviously, this is the world he lives in now, because every week fans will be looking at him to put in that big performance week in week out there's pros and cons like we've we've said about keeping him or, or letting him go uh, i suppose it's about the brand uh, of Salford red devils like paul king said in the in the meeting and how that might be damaged if he does leave but like paul's just said uh, if we get to the end of the season and then we reevaluate it that'll be good as well so lots for Paul King and the rest of the ball to mull over in the next uh, week or so? Yeah, I think there's... Um, I mean, we don't know what's in his contract. I, I don't know. He said himself on his Twitter account, there's two sides to every story. Well, you know, whatever it is, it is. Um, but as I say, I, we, we can't lose it. If we get a couple hundred thousand pounds and bring a player in, possibly or not, you can look around the league and pick up a couple of players for that. A couple of forwards that we might need. You know, we, we're winners. We're the winners in this. So we've done the right thing. We found a, a talent that cost us nothing. He could end up bringing in hundreds of thousands and opening up more doors and more avenues to bring in more players. You know, and if he stays, yes, it is a sign that, you know, this is Salford now. This is not what we do. My only concern is, and this is no disrespect to all Kingston, but if he's going to go, I, I'd like to see him go upper club if you like and yeah. I don't like saying that but Wigan obviously is you know the, the big name Saints for, for obvious reasons even Warrington for the money they spend every year you know I, I see all care as a bit of a sidestep yeah. rather than a, a forward now if he's about money then that's that's entirely to I don't all care they're going to pay him but uh, that'd be my only only thing if he's going to leave go to a big club mm. he, he, he'll deserve it you know, but at the moment, for me, he's only played what, 20 odd Super League games, if that. He's not proved anything just yet. So, as much as I'd love to keep hold of him, if we don't, we don't. We move on. Like Paul said, it's happened before. We don't like it happening, but I think at the moment, with the rest of that squad that we've got, we could add two or three players. We're only going to get stronger anyway. 
mm, might get a golden peg uh, uh, OKR possibly. We don't. We only have the standard metal one. <laughs> but it's you know we we don't know what the story is, do we? And like you say, we'll have to wait and see. Paul, you know, he's been like Parky said, he's been a good player. Um, he's got his future to think about. But like you said. We get a decent amount of money. Paul Rowley regularly talks in his press conferences about not having any money to spend. And if uh, he does get a transfer fee for him, opportunity to invest in two or three players from the Championship, similar ability, and start that cycle again. But this time, two years, three years down the line, when we've had this Red Rise campaign up and running and uh, a thousand owners have found three friends to bring to the match, uh, we don't have to sell. Well, you, you do it to suit you, Rob. I mean... If you if you if you sell him and then have a look at championship, there's nobody available. You make you do your own work first, don't you, to make mm. sure there's players available. There's no point having a load of money to spend when there's no one available to spend it on. So um, so so yeah, like Parker said, there. I mean, I've got nothing against all kids' roles. They're all bigger than Salford. That's that's how it right. I mean, everyone goes in about Huddersfield and, and all the players going there. We got a bigger crowd than them at the weekend. So what's what's going on there with with, with them? So there's a lot of hot air talked in rugby league sometimes. I mean, I'm pretty sure the same agent. Of um, Dupree is the same agent and Niall Levels, and he went to that big club that is Castleford. And I know Niall won a Lance Todd trophy and, and played in a cup final and is a super player, but his career sort of not really gone gone on. So sometimes is it right to, to you've got to you've got to make the decision that's this made has got to be the right decision for you, not your agent. You've got to make the decision right and. And I'm sure Tyler will do, but I won't fancy driving up that M62 every day to walk there. <laughs> so if he's gonna, he's gonna go there. Make sure you move out because that motorway is right boring it. But no, I'm sure he'll make the right decision. And um, you know, it's it's just a funny story because I think you sort of get taken by surprise, really, because we don't have transfers in rugby league. You don't really expect this sort of thing, do you? So when it happens, it's like, oh, blimey, someone's come in trying to take one of our players. But on the other side of the coin, yeah, because we've got good players. And, and players are playing well. No one's interested in Warrington's players at the moment. Are they coming in for Salford players? So, yeah, I'd like us to hang on to him just for the fact that we're, we're going places at the moment. If we were bottom of the table like Wakefield, I mean, bugger all in, in, in the doldrums, then you'd probably say, yeah, we might as well sell him because we're going down anyway. But we're not. We're, we've got a chance of, of silverware. So um, that that's the sort of annoying thing. But we'll have to see how it goes. There's a chance he could stay. I'm sure, I'm sure there is, but I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. That's what that's the name of the game. Sit here and watch the watch it all unfold. Other transfer activities: Parkett, Andrew mm. Dixon loaned out to Widnes, Ame Borough loaned out to Swinton. Game time opportunity to get fit. Yeah, neither of them have had much much chance in the first team. I know uh, Andy Dixon was injured, wasn't he, in the friendlies, and then came back into the first team squad. But it takes a while to get that fitness back, especially now. I mean, I'm not you know bagging him, but him being in his in his thirties, he's not he's not going to be as easy. So, yeah, he played at the weekend in the in the summer bash for Witness uh, against Swinton, aren't they? Not against Amir. And like you say, you keep him fit because we're going to need him. We're going to need these players fully fit at some point in the next you know few weeks. The, the rate that we pick injuries up anyway, it's good that they are out there sort of you know working and and, and getting just getting match fit, getting a bit of game time, a bit of confidence as well in in Amir's case. Um, and obviously now we've lost uh, Andy Akers again. Probably a great chance for him to come back in. Yeah. And then the final bit of news, new uh, new two-year deal for Chris Atkin, Paul. Important, we've retained him 
Um, he's developed since he, he first came. He's a jack of all trades. Fills in in various positions around the field. Utility is his strength, uh, and also is an important cog in our wheel. Yeah, I heard that news while I was on holiday. It was like um, I heard the Dupree news, and then it was like, well, this is the bad news, and then this is great news about Atkin. I think from a daft sort of schoolboy sort of point of view, when I heard about the Dupree thing, it was. I shouldn't really say this, but I'm a supporter and, and I will say it. It was a bit like, I felt a bit offended. It was like, he's put a transfer request and why does he want to leave Salford? Salford, you know, that's sort of when you defend the club and think, why Why would he want to go? And I think you do think like that. And then you sort of think he's not very loyal and I'd play for Salford for free. So I think when you take your, your Salford blinkers off, you then see it for what it's for. And I think sometimes you get that knee-jerk reaction. I would never put anything like that on social media. It's just what I thought in the head, like sort of thing. But when I saw I heard the Chris Atkin news. I thought that was great as well. And, you know, Chris, I can't speak highly of him. He's a lovely bloke. He's a fantastic rugby league player. I think we've, we signed a real gem there. I remember when we signed him from, I think we got him from Ulkai, didn't we? I'd seen him play for Swinton and I thought he was one of their best players at Ulkai and I couldn't believe we, we got him because um, I think he's improved as well tenfold since he's come to Salford. He'd walk into most Super League sides, probably all Super League sides now. Um, he's such a useful, useful player. Um, I don't want to call him a utility player because I think that's offensive to him, really. It doesn't really sum him up of how good he is. He's so tough. I mean, you look at the physicality of him as well, the you know, the, the muscle on him, you know, the, the, he's a solid, solid player. The hits he takes sometimes and just gets back up, gets on with it. And he's another one, I think we mentioned it before, low maintenance. I don't think, you ask Paul Rowley and he's not, you know, a moaner. He, he just turns up, does his job. True, he's just a professional. He treats rugby league like he's a nine-to-five job comes in and, and does it, does the business, never moans, just gets on with it. And I think, you know, tying him down is a, a massive, uh, massive signing for us. Yeah, Chris Atkin, Parker, complete player for me. You know, like Paul said, just gets on with it. Tough as tough as old boots, creative, quick, everything you want in a in a, in a Super League player. Yeah, we're, we're very lucky to have Chris. Very, very lucky. God knows what position we'd be in without him, to be honest. The amount, of, the amount of positions he actually played for us this year. But when he plays, he doesn't have a bad game. Mm. He, does, he just doesn't have a bad game. He does his job no matter where he is on the park. He, he'd be comfortable at full-back in, in, in a sense. He's probably on the wing. And I, he is a half-back. We know that. He's played loose forward. He's, you know, and obviously hooker. He does, like Paul said there, he doesn't complain. No, you know, he's not, I'm playing, I want to play half-back or I'm moving. You know, there's, there's none of that. It's... Where do you need me, boss? What am I doing? You know, where am I going? I think the biggest thing is the, the respect he's probably got off his teammates and other players in the game, but how much they love having him around because you know you can rely on him. He does, you know, he just does everything right. What's me mocking now? I'm a nightmare of the weekend, <laughs> aren't I? Um, but he's, you know, I, I, love, I love watching Chris. It's funny, um, I was saying to you earlier, I don't know, I was flicking through some of the Man of Match reports recently, uh, t- today and he doesn't get a mention. Yeah. And it kind of struck me how few votes he's ever got. But it's because you kind of expect him to be that good. He just mm. does what he does. And yet, every week, you could walk away from a game and go, Yo, that wasn't too good. No, but he was all right, wasn't he? Because he would be. That, that's exactly it. So, But I, I said to you the other week about you know England call-ups and that kind of thing. He, he's, he's Achilles' heel is his utility. How useful he is all over the park that... He's never got a settled position. If he did have, who knows what he, where he could go? But we don't, we don't want that now. We don't want that. We don't. We've got, 
we've got our halfbacks, that's fine, okay, if we get an injury, he can stick in there. But it's what he does all over the park and how good he is at every role he plays. I I, I, I was delighted the other night when he heard. I kind of got a bit a bit emotional, I think, actually. It's a Tuesday night at a meeting when Bleasy came on the stage and I was a bit like, you know, after the bad news about Tyler, you heard that and you just think, yes, mm. they're the kind of players I want at my club and he wants to be at my club. The kind of player who wants to be at our club and an 8 out of 10 player, which takes the club to a playoff place. You get as many 8 out of 10 players in this squad it takes us to that next level. Same as when we got to the the grand final. We had a squad full of 8 out of 10 players who performed at 8 out of 10 every week. And that's why we got where we got. So Chris Hatkin is one of them players, Paul. He's a player's player, Rob. It's like, I'll, I'll use a bit of a work quote now. I've done my job for a long time, like 20 years, and, and you'll have engineers and, and lads who who are a bit Teflon. They won't. They don't like to get stuck in. They're, they're like, oh, I'll, I'll pass that job back. He can go and do that. And then you have your other lads who'll just do anything. They'll spend four or five hours in someone's house just grafting away, just making it bang on, never moaning, just do it full of shit, full of dirt. <laughs> full of dirt. And they just do it. And 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 they're, we always call a man's man's man, like sort of thing. You know what I'm, I'm saying, don't yeah, I? Sometimes yeah. I struggle with my examples and that. But Chris Atkins, one of them, you could have him as, as you working with you and he wouldn't moan about going under the floor he wouldn't moan about going in a dirty loft he wouldn't moan about umping loaded gear outside or, or carrying all the heavy stuff because because that's the man he is mm. and you know you need people like that to, to make things work and you know you need blokes like that in your team you'd be no good if you had a load of what's the word I've got to be careful I, I try and be politically correct we used to call them like Mary Ann's you know lads who, who didn't like getting involved in that right. And, and no, he, Chris Atkins was bang on. He, he's, he's one of them. You want him. Here's an example. You want him in the trenches next year because yep. he's a bloke you can rely on. He's a bloke you can put your arm around and he'd help you out. He'd carry you out. Um, yeah, so he gets my absolute ultimate respect. Any more potty mouth from you, Paul? I'll have to get out and nine bucks and bleeper. It's getting late for me now. <laughs> I passed the watershed. Yeah, yeah. I thought that thought the work cup was going to be if it starts making a funny noise, hit it with a spanner. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all the big news uh, coming out of the club uh, this week, and now we'll see what's happening in the world of rugby league with Whiteside's world of rugby league. Right, well, here is this week's Devil in the Detail Amateur Report and the World of Rugby League. We'll start off this week with the National Conference Leagues. Rochdale Mayfield continue their fantastic run in the Premier Division. They had a good win away from home against Thato Heath Crusaders. Thato Heath, mid-table side, pretty solid, but Mayfield brushed them aside by 48 points to four. So Mayfield are up to second, joint top, actually, um, of the Premier Division. Hunslet um, are top. They've uh, won eight from ten. Rochdale Mayfield have won eight from nine, so they've got a game in hand. So... Uh, Great start to the season for Mayfield. Moving on to the fixtures for this week. There was no games involving our local sides in Division 2 or 3. So the fixtures this week. Premier Division on Saturday 3rd of June. Rochdale Mayfield face York Acorn. In Division 2, Saddleworth Rangers face Mighton Warriors and Waterhead Warriors. who were top of Division 2 out home to Dewsbury Moor Maroons. Oldham St. Anne's, of course, the top of Division 3 as well. So Rochdale Mayfield, Waterhead Warriors and Oldham St. Anne's doing really, really well so far this season in the Conference League. Let's have a look now at the... Uh, 
the universities and UK armed forces and the teachers and the police who were taking part in uh, the, the, that competition, the President's Cup. England University snatched the Men's President Cup from reigning champions UK armed forces, courtesy of a comfortable victory over the holes in the last round of the competition. This was played at Oral St. James last Wednesday. England Universities beat the UK armed forces by 32 points to 12 and the Great Britain Police beat the Great Britain teachers 34-16. So, the final table, the Universities won three from three. UK Armed Forces 2 from 3, Great Britain Police 1 from 3 and the GB teachers lost all 3 of their matches. So a great tournament and congratulations to England Universities. Well, moving on to the Northwest Men's League. Not a lot of action at the weekend just gone. There was cup action, though. Hayes finished 34, Folly Lane 24. In the trophy, Higginshaw 24, West Bank Bears 0. And the Alliance Cup, Rochdale Mayfield A32, Thato Heath Crusaders A36. Well, in French Rugby League, it was Limou Grizzlies who grappled their way to glory and the title with a heroic victory over Carcassonne. They won the match by 34 points to 24. That game was played in Narbonne on Sunday. Over 7,500 there to watch that one. So congratulations to Limou, Limou over in France. A great win for them. Moving on to the Youth and Junior Leagues. Not a lot to talk about, really. A lot of postponements and no results. But there was a match on Thursday, the 25th. In the under-14s, Northwest Cup, it was all St. James 12, Saddleworth Rangers 10. The rest of the games were on Sunday, the 28th. Under-15s, Division 2, Newton Storm 12, Folly Lane 28. Massive win for Folly Lane. Under-15s who are doing really well this season. Big shout-out to them. The under-13s in Division 2, Rochdale Mayfield 4, Halton Farmworth Hornets 28. The fixtures for this Sunday in the Premier Division of the under-18s, it's Lee Minor Rangers versus Salford City Roosters. In the under-16s, Premier Division, Rochdale Mayfield at home to West Bank Bears. Division 2 of the under under 16s, Poker to Rex, Tom to Saddleworth Rangers, West Hot and Lions face Latchford Giants. In Division 3, Shevington Sharks are at home to Langworthy Reds. Well, turning our attention to Women's Rugby League now and back to the Women's uh, Super League. There's a couple of games in the top flight at the weekend. Leeds Rhinos 18, St. Helens 38. That was played um, as a curtain raiser on uh, Friday night, heading before the uh, before the men's game. But a big win for St. Helens away from home there in that one. Um, Huddersfield Giants 20, Wigan Warriors 30, York 44, Warrington 4, Bradford Bulls 42, Br- uh, sorry, Barrow Raiders 42, Barrow... Say that again. Barrow Raiders 42, Bradford Bulls nil, and Salford Red Devils on Sunday were beaten 58 points to 10 at home to Lee Leopards. There's just a one game in the Women's Super League South on Saturday, the 3rd of June. It's a 2 o'clock kickoff, and that's between Cardiff Demons and the Golden Ferns. We'll turn our attention now to NRL Premiership Round 13 over in Australia. It was the Dolphins 26, St George, Illawarra Dragons 12, Parramatta Eels 24, North Queensland 16, New Zealand Warriors 22, Brisbane Broncos 26, South Sydney Rabbitohs 26, Canberra Raiders 33 and the Newcastle Knights 28, Manly Seagulls 18. So that leaves the top eight. Penrith atop with 18 points, Cronulla Sharks a second with 18 points, Brisbane Broncos a third with 18 points, Melbourne Storm a fourth with 18 points, then it's Souths with 16, Dolphins with 16, Canberra with 16 and New Zealand Warriors with 14 followed by Gold Coast and Sydney who were just outside the playoffs on points difference so just I mean, there's just 10 points separating Penrith Panthers and bottom club St George of the World Dragons so the NRL Premiership is a very very close run thing this season so the fixtures for this week it's the State of Origin Game 1 at the Adelaide Oval on Wednesday that's a 5 past 11 kickoff on Sky Television if you're lucky enough to be off work and available to watch that don't miss it Queensland versus New South Wales. Um, on Friday, there is one fixture in round 14 
It's West Tigers against Canberra. That's 11am kickoff. On Saturday, the 3rd of June, New Zealand Warriors face the Dolphins at 6am, then followed by two televised games Gold Coast Titans against South Indian Rabbit Holes at half past eight, and then Cronulla Sharks against Brisbane Broncos at half past ten. On Sunday, Sydney Roosters face Canterbury Bulldogs at 5am, North Queensland Cowboys home to Melbourne Storm at five past seven, and the televised game at 9.15 is Penrith Panthers against St George Dragons. Well, finally this week, we'll have a look at domestic stuff. It was round 13 of the Betfred Super League. Catalan Dragons 36, Wakefield Trinity 6, Huddersfield Giants 20, Castleford Tigers 4, Hull Kingston Rovers 22, Wigan Warriors 26. That was after Golden Point Extra Time on Thursday. Leeds 12, St. Helens 13. That was after Golden Point Extra Time on Friday. So, two fantastic matches there. Lee Leopards had a big win. They beat Warrington by 30 points to 12. Fantastic win for Lee, toppling the, uh, the top side of the table. And Salford Red Devils 20. 29, Hull FC 22. It was a summer bash, uh, round 12 in the Championship. Barrow 32, Whitehaven 16, Batley 20, Halifax 12, Bradford 42, Keighley 18, Featherstone 46, York Knights 16, London Broncos beat Toulouse 14 10, Newcastle Thunder 32, Sheffield Eagles 38. A big shout out to Chris Weller who got a try and the Man of the Match award in that game as well, former Salford player. Ben Jones Bishop as well, former Salford player scored two tries. So uh, congratulations to Sheffield to continue their good run. Uh, Swinton Lions 6, Widnes Vikings 38. In round 10 of Betfred League 1, it was Cornwall 10, North Wales Crusaders 42, Dewsbury 52, London Scholars 6, Hunslet 36, Rochdale Hornets 18, and the Midlands Hurricanes 16, Oldham 50. Fixtures for this week then, Betfred Championship Friday night. Uh, this game's on the Viaplay uh, channel. This one's at quarter to eight. It's uh, Newcastle against Bradford Bulls. Magic weekend on Saturday, 3rd of June. Salford against Ulkar kicks off at half past one. Wigan Warriors against Catalan Dragons is quarter to four. And Leeds Rhinos against Casford Tigers is at six o'clock. There's one game in the Championship on Saturday at five o'clock between Toulouse, Olympic and Halifax Panthers. And there's two games in Betfred League One, both three o'clock kickoffs. London Scholars against North Wales Crusaders and Oldham against Hunslet. On Sunday, the 4th of June, the Magic weekend continues. Wakefield face Lee Leopards at 12 o'clock St. Helens play Huddersfield Jacks at quarter past two and it's wrapped up with Hull FC against Warrington Wolves at half past four in the Betfred Championship on Sunday all the games at three o'clock it's Batley against York Featherston against Barrow Keithley against Swinton Sheffield Eagles against Whitehaven and Widnes against London Broncos and there's two three o'clock kickoffs in the Betfred League one Midlands Hurricanes enter St. Doncaster and Workington Town at home to Cornwall so the league tables Warrington Wolves stay top of the Super League they They've won 10 from 13. They've got 20 points. Wigan are second with 18 points. Catalans have got 18 points. Hulk are 16. Lee 16. And Salford 16. Just outside the playoffs of St. Helens on 14. Betfred Championship. Featherston are 12 from 12. They're six points clear of second place Sheffield Eagles. Then follows Batley on 16 points. Toulouse Olympic. Halifax and Widnes. They've all got 14 points. Bradford Bulls just outside on points. Difference on 14 points as well. In the Betfred League 1. Dewsbury are 9 from 10 matches with one draw. They've got 19 points Doncaster have got 14 Oldham 13 Hunslet 12 Working to Town and Rochdale have got 8 points London Scholars are still without a win 9 defeats on the spin so that's it that's all I've got for you this week take care have a good week safe journey to everybody travelling up to Newcastle to watch Salford don't forget it's early start half past 1 so you need a couple of hours to get up there so uh, so yeah have a good week take care and I shall see you at Newcastle on uh, Saturday so that was White Sides World Rugby League and now we'll look forward to Magic Weekend <laughs> It's 
So Budget Weekend is upon us in Newcastle. We'll start with our learning disability rugby team. They are in action at Magic Parquet. It's great to get the chance to play there in front of the big crowd. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. I think they did something similar last year, didn't they? I think, and it's. I mean, what an occasion! Being on that pitch in front of all them people in a stadium that size. I mean, it must it must be great for them. Send it probably send shivers down your spine, but. Yeah, it'd be uh, be good to see, um, and, and you know, fair credit to to Super League and the RFL and for putting it on, for giving people a chance. Um, they could easily go for some glitzy, you know, halftime shows and all this kind of stuff. Let's, let's keep it real. Let's keep these people involved. You know, they they deserve their day in the sun. Let's be honest. And uh, yeah, it should be should be good fun for them. Uh, I'm not sure what what kind of format we've got going on, but yeah, it'll be it'll be good to see them. Yeah. And like Andy Burnham and Paul Trainer said, uh, Parker, you know, it's it's community and, and obviously these lads and lasses playing, representing the shirt uh, and representing the community. That's that's exactly it. They are. They, 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 are, they are our team. They're our team as much as the first team as much as the ladies, anybody else. As soon as you put that shirt on, that's what I was going to say about Dupree before, about the fact that people, you know, we put him in the squad. What have they done that for? Oh, he's got when he puts that red shirt on, he's got all my respect. Hmm. I'm right behind him. I'm, I'm, you know, and it's the same at all levels. And these guys are exactly that. They, they're going out there with Salford on their badge and in their their heart. They want to go and win for Salford. They want to go and play rugby for Salford. That's their their passion. They may not have been as fortunate as as us to, you know, to be able to do it. What you know, whatever other level. They're now getting their chance at last, and and it's brilliant. And I, I, I just hope they have a great day out there. I hope yeah. the sun's shining for them. Yeah, going to be exciting. Going to be exciting. All Kingston Rovers. Paul, obviously, like we said before, it's going to be a, a difficult game. Uh, they're in good form. Beat us previously this season. Do we need to uh, do what, get one over them? Yeah, we've not beat them since the 2019 season, the last regular game of the season when Watto was in charge, mm. I think. I think we beat him 17-16 after extra time uh, when Hastings were still playing. So, you know, the 2020 season, we didn't beat him. Last season, we didn't beat him. The season before, we didn't beat him. So we've had some hidings off him as well. So I'm not so sure how many games on the trot they beat us in now, probably five or six. So, yeah, and they beat us at Magic Week. And I think that was... The 19 season, one it's so the beaters at the Magic Weekend that season, then we beat them in the regular season at home. So our our record against them, I think we won two of the last ten or three of the last ten against them. So we we have got a poor record against them, and they're, they're a good side, aren't they? Like a side that like to to throw the ball about and play similar sort of game to us. Got strike players. I mean, I'm always impressed with the edge with that Lynette where he plays, and um, I think the the man Abdul's injured at the moment is he? he's not yeah. been playing but they came very close against Wigan I was listening to that game on the radio at the, the weekend and they, they come close in that um, golden point extra time I think it was wasn't it so they're, they're on good form at the moment they're a, they're a good side they're going to be tough to play against but he, he has all the hallmarks of the game of the weekend for me that you know you look at that two sides you like to move the ball we've got that huge game in the cup that I can't stop thinking about in a couple of weeks as well but this one's the business first, isn't it? Really, we need to go and and perform at the Magic Weekend. I think our record there is probably one of the worst in in Super League. I think we've won three out of ten at Magic, or two out of ten, something like that. It's, it's not so good. So, uh, yeah, it'd be a tough game. I'm, I'm glad we're on first, though. Mm. No, Andy Akers parking because he had a head bang. We hope he recovers soon. He'll be missed. No Abdul for them. 
Uh, obviously, key player for them. His kicking game in particular was a real menace for us in that first game. So, who's going to be missed more? Oh, that's a that's a that's a horrible question, isn't it? Um, I mean, got before that. Look, looking at it from what I've read tonight, okay, I'll probably have Lachlan Coote and George King back. Two two massive pluses for them. Obviously, they lost Ethan Ryan last week. So you know, I mean, just having Coop back with that experience behind behind the team is going to help them massively. Uh, Abdul has been uh, an absolute torment to us at times. Uh, he's he's been a, a, a superb player. So losing him's massive. We we have got Chris Atkins to go in. It's what happens on the bench that's then the next the next problem. Who fills that gap? What Chris Atkin would have been on. Um, but that's you know that's a that's a thing for Paul Rowley. I suppose Abdul is, is probably a slightly bigger miss because of his position, because of him being a half back and having to run the show. But they have still got I mean got Mikey Lewis, who's a superb young player, absolutely uh, brilliant player, um, developed so much in the last twelve months. I think he's a real threat. They still got Ryan All out there, who scores tries for fun. Still, he's a proper unit and he's massive. Paul mentioned Kane Lynette, who's been Superb since he played for, for Rovers. He's a, he's a good player. They they have got a good a good team. Okay, they really have. But but so have we. I think they're two pretty equally matched teams, uh, as the league table tells you. You know, <laughs> on the same points, obviously. Um, and this is key because the next the next couple of games, obviously, we've got them in this and then the cup sets sets a bit of a you know a marker if you like. Um, I, I'm I'm still confident, and as I think we've got. Enough now. We've got Tim Laffey and, and CEO back in the team as well as massive plus for us. But it's going to be interesting. And like Paul said, I think it is the game of the weekend. And first up, usually they put the the better games on at the end, don't they? But um, I don't think they expected at the start of the year that us two would be as good as we are. Uh, I don't think these these fixtures are random as people make out. By the way, I think I think they thought, oh, Salford, okay, I might be edging for the top six. You don't know one of them might, you know. Wakefield Lee will be at the bottom of the league. And they'll play each other. Well, Lee have clearly blown that out of the water. So, but yeah, I think it'd be a great game. I really do. And uh, I just, I just, I think we've been playing really well. You, you take that second half of Saints out of the way, and we've been really good recently. Um, I know they had a tough game at the weekend, and they've had an extra couple of days rest on us, which I don't, I'm not really sure why we played on Sunday. To be honest, it didn't make sense when we've got an early start Saturday, but. That's that's up to the club, I suppose. Plus, it was last day of the Premier League season again. Mm. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. So it'll be tough, but I, I I've got all faith in us. I think we've got a really good team. Losing Andy Atkins is a blow, but he's one player. You know, we've got to be able to live without one player. I know Shane writes out, but that's that's it for the season for Shane. We're not getting him back. So, but I think we're I think we're I think we're all right. I think we're in good a good position. We can we can win this. Prediction time, Paul. Before uh, I do a prediction, Shane Wright's out of contract, isn't it, at the end of the season? Is that? And yeah, I believe so. I was reading a thing about the off off contract players, and I, I I sincerely hope he's not played his last game for Salford. I'd love him to sign a new contract because if anyone from the club's listening, game signed up, which is a cracking player. So <laughs> I just noticed this this list. I can't remember what I saw. The other day I thought, blimey, you know, when he, yeah, he's injured. You sort of panic a bit, don't you? Thinking because he's been he's been really good for us. I think nice bloke as well. So hopefully he stays. Uh, my prediction: I, I think we're going to win. I I don't fear Old Kingston Rovers. I don't think they're that good. Um, I've looked at their team. Yeah, they did all right. They're playing okay, but I think man for man, our squad's better than theirs. So I'm going to go for a 28-16 win to Salford. 
2816 Salford. Parky, what's your thought process on that? I had to smile and I thought he was going to say what I was thinking. Uh, I'm going 24-16 to Salford. Uh, I think it'd be a close game, but I think a bit like Sunday, I think we might just have enough. I do fancy it. I think if we click, we can beat, we can beat anyone in the league on a day. Just need a bit of luck, really. I'm going to go a high-scoring game. I'm going to go Salford to come out on top 40 points to 32. And I'm going for uh, Brody Croft hat trick. There you go. Silent, it's be a, stunned. Going to be a dry day, isn't it? Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I think the, the thing is as well. It's probably a big pitch. At yeah. St James is wide yeah. open, so you know if we can get the likes of uh, Timmy Lafay on the on the outside of players and, and Brody Croft, you know, doing that little shoulder drop and going through and things like that. And, and again, like we mentioned before, we're quite a mobile team. We're both are really, but. You know, we've got a bit, a bit of pace in the pack as well, so um, it could suit us. And like you say, the the the, the grounds are finally firming up, um, <laughs> so it should it should suit us. Baines has lost two stone, and we're gonna yeah, we're gonna win the league. <laughs> no, all things are well in the world, Paul. <laughs> oh, yeah, them are the days, aren't they? Them yeah. are the days. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the end of this week's podcast. Another great show. Big thanks for tuning in. Uh, Paul, it's been another great talking, all things Salford Red Devils and all the big news stories of the week. Yeah, I tell you what, you need a day of work to listen to this. How long have we been doing this for? <laughs> it's <laughs> going to be... Dinner out, you're yeah. going <laughs> people, people say, oh yeah, I listen to your podcast, driving to work. Podcasts like this get you to work, get you to Greg's for dinner, gets you back to work, and then gets your own parquet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well... Yeah, I mean, as long as we entertain, that's the main thing, or at least inform, if not entertain. But uh, yeah, just uh, before we go, just to say, you know, obviously keep supporting, keep supporting the club. If you know anyone who need, you know, who wants to invest on, they've got a few days left. Get your money in, and and obviously once again, thanks for the support you give us. Yeah. Big thanks for your donations via the Kofi. Uh, we got a big one today. Big thanks to Sandra McMorrow donated today. £10, which is amazing, uh, Paul. Oh, yeah. Thanks very much, Sandra. That, that is. That, that's that's great to take your time out and, and do that just for us. I mean, yeah, that, that really, really thank you. It's um, really, really nice. Yeah. So, obviously, if you want to uh, sort of donate and help us grow this podcast and, uh, you know, the programmes that are involved cost money, um, to help produce it, feel free to uh, follow the link on our socials and uh, buy us a coffee and uh, we can continue to produce the, the podcast that you enjoy. So big thanks for tuning to this week's Devil of the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parks and you find us on Facebook, Devil of the Detail, SRD. Find us on Twitter at the ITDSRD and you find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify and YouTube. Good luck, Reds. See you soon.